you, you sound fine. Uh, okay, excellent. I just need to remember what uh, what I say at the beginning of this show. Because I wrote it down, and, and that's why it sounds the same every time. So, <clears throat> let's try this. Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kennecke. Today's show is on Metroid Fusion, finally. Finally. <laughs> and my guest, you heard him right there, is Matt Jaguar. Hi, Matt. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, this is one that... Uh... Okay, so there's a phenomena that uh, one of my friends brought up to me, uh, a person who's actually been on the show before, Pierce Corshane. Uh Whereas if somebody's talking about a game and sounds really excited about it, they... It's like, okay, that, that makes me want to play that game. When somebody says, oh, man, you got to go play that game. When, when somebody is telling you specifically, like, oh, oh, you, you need to go play this game right now. Like, it just, it makes you not want to. And it's, it's such a sucky thing. Because I've been trying to get him to play Her Story. Uh, I haven't actually played Her Story either, but I, the, the point is, <laughs> well... So you need to actually play the game to lead someone on. And are you leading me on that... Uh... I've been too a little forthcoming about playing this game. Uh, I know that you have made it an open invitation that as soon as I finish this game, we can do a podcast on it. And you know how much I like making podcasts, so it it, <laughs> it was something I knew I needed to do. And it was something that I felt like I should have done a long time ago anyway. Uh, Metroid Fusion is, is heralded as one of these really great games, uh, potentially the best Metroid game, and we'll get into that. Uh, Not but, only for the GBA, but also like yeah, just in general, it's uh, <laughs> lauded. Exactly. So, so it's something. It was a gap in my gaming knowledge that I wanted to fill. Uh, and a quick thing on the her story thing. The reason I haven't played it is I wanted Pierce and I to play it together, or at least wow. uh, not not together, but parallel. And then we could come together for the podcast and talk about things. I didn't want to uh, ruin his experience. I've, I've seen like the giant, my quick look and, and other, uh, video of that game to know that it is something I think I want to play and think will be really cool. And since it is on iPad, I'm going to stretch again, stretch the definition of this podcast. Like I've done multiple times in the past and, uh, and count that as a, as a possibility. So now that it's said out here online, uh, I guess Pierce has to do it with me. Uh, it's just a question of when we can get it done because there's this game called Fallout 4 that comes out next week, and uh, yeah, that's going to so take close. a long time for all of us. <laughs> so close, uh, I can't wait. Yeah, which, which is another fun. reason uh, I wanted to get this show done now because uh, I know yes. that you are the brand new owner of a PS4. Uh, and, I am, and I've had my PS4 acquired. for a while, and my copy of Fallout 4 is has been pre-ordered and will be here and. Like let's just get, let's get all this stuff done now, so we can have all of November and probably December and maybe maybe even January to play. Uh, to December's play no good. Xenoblade Chronicles X comes out. Oh well, then okay, you'll be busy with that, but I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll have Fallout stuff. Anyway, so Metroid Fusion. Um, yeah, this game came out uh, in two thousand two, uh, November seventeenth to be exact. Uh, this was Same was. Day as, uh, Metroid Prime that as well. That was going to be my question, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I went back and listened a little bit to, um, I think it was episode 16 or 17 of Gamers on the Go. Uh, I had uh, my friend Harrison Milfeld on to talk about Metroid Zero Mission. And uh, and so I, I tried to listen to some of that back to to just hear some of the facts that I threw out. Because it is the same developer. It's, new, it's still Nintendo R&D 1. Uh, this was before... 
they got restructured in 2005 and, and got turned into uh, Nintendo SPD, the, the software planning and development side. Um, and R&D one, you know, from games like Super Mario Land, um, they did all the stuff with the Game & Watch, uh, made Donkey Kong, Super Metroid, Kid Icarus, Wrecking Crew, Warrior Land. They, they make a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, yeah, this and, is so. This is like the original kind of Metroid crew. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they yeah, and they were the thing. they were the ones to to do Metroid and Super Metroid, and and this is one of their series. Um, I was going in a direction, and I have forgotten this direction. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah, it, right. It comes out the same time as a uh, as. Uh, Metroid Prime. Oh, and the very same day. I believe, yeah, and and when I was doing the the Zero Mission podcast, Zero Mission came out, uh, I believe, in two thousand four, a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, don't go back and listen to that episode sixteen. It it reminds me just how much I've improved <laughs> this show, or or maybe I maybe I haven't improved. It just sounded like an improvement to me because that one sounded rough. Mm. Yeah, I, no, no, no fault of Harrison's or, or I guess even mine, but we we jumped on to multiple topics that had nothing to do with the game, uh, and and didn't really didn't really get into the meat of it. So I, I think what would be good for us to do, at least at some point, because you know, Gamers on the Go is a show about tangents, uh, and we will do that. But if we can really dig into some of the deeper elements, then I, I think I can make up for the shallowness of that other show. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, um, tell me, tell me about, tell me why you're so excited about Fusion and why I, this was a game that I had to play. I mean, I know I had to play it, but tell me, tell me like, why, why does Magic Air go and say, all right, this is a game that, that I'm going to tell Chase a a couple times that he needs to, to get his ass in gear and and go play this game. Uh, geez, well, uh, uh, Remind me uh, your uh, history with Metroid and uh, like Metroid-like games. Uh, you played Symphony of the Night, right? No. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, so yes, these the the uh, the so-called type of games. the so-called Metroidvania-style games. I have had a very poor history with. Uh, I have played some of the original Metroid, not not when it came out, um, very very much later. Uh, I didn't like it. There's there's no map. Uh, it was it was difficult for me and i wasn't at this point uh you know messing with graph paper or things like other people were so it was kind of impenetrable uh so yeah that's a that's a little like yeah pretty right. hardcore old school for uh, sure doing things on those uh, games and and i've played mere minutes of metroid 2 uh the return of samus for game boy which is also pretty impenetrable, um, especially because Samus yeah, is such a, a big sprite on that screen, and it's it's like Metroid, but harder and worse. I'll go on a quick <laughs> tangent. I have been playing, I got it as part of the Club Nintendo, like, last uh, uh, gift of games that yeah. they had uh, before they closed down in North America, and I grabbed that one, and yeah, it, it to me, like, I always played that on a friend system, the... Uh, Return of Samus, and it's all, it's, I don't know, it's, it's interesting in how semi-different it is, and how, uh, in tone it is with now, like, what Metroid games are now, but, uh, going back to the fact that, yeah, why am I so excited about this game? I mean, to me, it's uh, an important game, because when they came out, there wasn't a Metroid game for eight years. Right. And to get, not only on the same day, a Metroid game that made it completely different, but keeping, like, the same sort of temples that made it, you know, a Metroid-like game. 
uh, in a different uh, sort of, like the way Mario 64 is different from Mario World uh, and uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is different from The Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, Metroid Prime was like Super Metroid going to uh, something just completely different they hadn't done before. And not only make it a first-person game that was a Metroid game, but also made platforming really easy and accessible. And like that's kind of uh, one of the temples of a Metroid kind of game. For sure. Uh, but then I'm, at the same time, you had a Metroid game that was the direct sequel to Super Metroid that you could play on the go. And to me, that just blew my mind. I didn't have a GameCube right at the time, but I did have a Game Boy Advance. And I like picked this game up like... I try to remember, I think I picked it up like the week it came out or like very soon after. It was just so like uh, ready to play another like game like Super Metroid at that time. Uh, so it's always just stuck with me as like just a really, really good Metroid game that you could play on the go. And it was the first time you could play one of these games on the go. And it looks so fantastic. Even today, when I replayed it through, it the graphics just hold up. The mechanics, the pace of it, the setting, everything about it, I just absolutely adore. <laughs> uh, I w- and yeah, that's pretty much the reason why I, I champion this game. It is such a great Game Boy Advance game, let alone a great game in general. All right, that that's fair. I, I will say that I I do not necessarily feel the same way you do, but I believe <laughs> I believe that is mainly due to my just non reverence for the for the series in general. Mm. Um, yeah, and, so that's where we're probably coming from. Yeah, so we're absolutely. We're open for this uh, next little part of the discussion. So, why did you? What did you not like about Metroid Fusion? Uh, you know, I don't know. It's not that it's. It's not the specific things I didn't like. And, and going back to your earlier question about my, my Metroid history, uh, I played a very large chunk of Zero Mission um, to, to get ready for that podcast. I didn't finish it. Um, and, and thankfully, Harrison is a, is a very large Metroid fan, so he was able to, to cover any gaps that I had. Um, my, my favorite Metroid game, <laughs> this one's going to piss you off, is uh, is Metroid Prime Hunters for the Nintendo DS, which yes, we did we did talk about that. I will say is not is not a is not a very good Metroid game, but I I enjoyed it just for the fact that like this is this is actually a, a semi workable first person shooter for the DS. Uh, I haven't played Moon, uh, which is another first person shooter that I, I hear has gotten a little bit more of a claim. Uh, but I actually really like Metroid Prime Hunters, especially the multiplayer. Which <laughs> to to say that Nintendo made a first person uh, a first person online multiplayer shooter on the handheld on a handheld that was kind of good <laughs> that sounds ridiculous, uh, and it sounds yeah. ridiculous when I say it. But I, I like that uh, game. I'm I believe I've done an episode on that too. I, I can't remember what episode. I'm sure it was somewhere in the 20s, maybe 30s. Oh yeah, we. I, we both talked about it. <laughs> Were you on that show with me? Yeah, I was on that episode. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. It's how long ago it was, man. I think it was, uh, oh, man, almost a year and a half ago yeah, at this point. But uh, It yeah, was almost I, eight I, years, I the same the same amount of time it took to get to Fusion. Almost eight years <laughs> in, in internet time. But, yeah, yeah, I do remember, like, talking about Hunters. And, uh, yeah, I, I do like that game. It's very, like I said, I think I remember saying a very truncated kind of Metroid game. And this, and... Uh, to be fair, uh, Fusion gets the same kind of flag for being very short, uh, but for Hunters, it seemed like they reused the areas way too much. 
uh, going back and forth between just like three or what was it, three or four planets. I think it was three planets. Yeah, it wasn't uh, many. And but it didn't definitely open up a little bit in the second half of the game, which is what I liked. But then reusing the bosses like uh, twice, pretty much on mm-hmm. like the final boss before you get to the the pillar core or whatever. And but the the hunters kind of added a little bit of extra uh, variety into the that sort of game. Right, uh, but, and, yeah, and that's point. what made me like the the online multiplayer so much is because you could choose through mm-hmm. between the different bounty hunters that that each had specific abilities uh, that could you know. And now that I'm saying it, it's like just go back and listen to that episode if you care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, yeah, like I said, it, it, that I did not get into as much because I got to hunters way way later in life, and uh, I believe like the Nintendo uh, original Nintendo just shut down the network for the DS and original Wii because the GameSpy thing, but right. Yeah, yeah. Go go listen to that episode if you want to hear more about Hunters. Uh, yeah, very interesting metric. And right before uh, we move like off, said, right before we move off that, because um, it, it wasn't announced when we made that last show. But uh, what do you think about the the new Metroid? It's it's very much like a Metroid Prime Hunters, uh, but uh, I forgot the name of it. It's like oh, uh, Galactic uh, Galactic Force Galactic or something. Federation. Yeah, Galactic Force or something yeah. like that yeah. with the uh, uh, that. Uh, Sports ball game kind of thing. That's yeah, also part of it. And, and like everyone's looks yeah. like Samus babies or stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it, that does look interesting to me because it is uh, going in a different direction than a, the typical core sort of Metroid games go in, which could be good. Uh, I mean we've seen it before with uh, what was up the tip of my head? Oh uh, yeah, uh, Triforce Heroes, which just came out, which mm-hmm. is like a Zelda game, but it's more a multiplayer, and it seems like that's what the Metroid, the next Metroid game, the quote-unquote Metroid game, I guess you could say, is going to be like. I don't know. I'm interested to see what, how that game's going to be, but I, I'm not like it's not like on my list of oh must-play titles. Right. It, it's uh, not like something. it's not like the screens when you see Fusion and go, okay, this is this is something that I've been frothing for 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 these many years, and and this is the thing I want to play. Uh, yeah, and we're getting to that point where it's been almost, uh, it's been a while since there's been a Metroid game, but I can wait a little longer because there's just some, there's a lot of Metroid games out right now that I have not played. Like, there's a ton of Castlevania games, and just playing Metroid Fusion just reminded me, like, yeah, I really need to go back and play and finish uh, Prime 2 and Prime 3 because those are two games I haven't finished. And Other M, I've gotten into, but haven't finished either. And despite the flack that gets uh i find there's some redeeming qualities to it mm-hmm. and and i haven't played any of those games uh which exactly. a, again is is me being a very oh, poor price. metroid fan i this is not a series that i've identified with or played much of uh but i you know i i feel i'm dragging you down that path chase yeah just, just yeah what what's interesting and and we can get into more of the reason why uh, as we as we talk about some of the features and mechanics of of metroid fusion but Playing through this game has not really changed my view of Metroid so much, but it has kind of changed my view of Castlevania. Because uh, mm. that's another series that I have had very little to no experience with. <laughs> the only game that I've really played for for more than mere minutes uh, has been Lords of Shadow, which mm-hmm. is not a Castlevania game. I mean, it is, but... It's not, I mean, it's very much like the way Prime is, you know, like this is, I mean, it, 
it says Metroid on it. It says Castlevania on it, but this is clearly a 3D thing that is completely separate from what the what the core of this game is. Yeah, and I haven't played Lords of Shadow, although I do. It's one of those games I do want to play at least the first one of. But I mean, Castlevania is, is a, has a weird history where the original Castlevania is very much in. Uh, I was gonna say I'm gonna say it anyway. In vain of uh, the, like uh, <laughs> Contra. Yeah, I just noticed I was going to say that. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's the same like the original Konami kind of games like Contra, just like get to the beginning of the stage, get to the end of the stage. Uh, and then later on it became sort of this uh, thing that, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say rip off Super Metroid, but it used that same kind of map system, that same kind of go from here to there, and it's going to be a little bit open, but this part's going to be closed off until you get a certain item or something happens. Right. Much, uh, much more open and much more of the RPG elements rather than just, you know, you can get a longer whip, uh, if you find the right candle. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, so well, less so, arcadey, I guess you could say, right. I, I can't figure a better term for it, but so I can't really yeah. put my finger on why by playing through Metroid fusion, but, uh, it, it's made me want to play a lot more of those handheld Castlevania games. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so in the mail on on their way. Uh, I know I have uh, the, the the GBA double pack. I'm trying to remember what was in it. It was I think it's Order Circle of, a, of the Moon and uh, Harmony of Dissonance. Harmony of Dissonance. Uh, I'm sorrow. Harmony of Dissonance is in there. I think Aria Sorrow. You're right. Uh, and then Order of Ecclesia, I believe, is a DS game. That one's coming too. Mm-hmm. And then ah, well, Port- we'll have to talk about that because I just picked that up as well. Yeah, and then I also got yeah. Portrait of Ruin. I don't know why I got so many of them. I think it was just because it got me to free shipping. Hey. <laughs> but uh, so I've got a ton, ton of those games coming up uh, that I and I still got to convince you to play Super Metroid. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you do, <laughs> and I'm sure that is a game I need to play. Uh, I it know is, is, that but... that will not be a game we can podcast about. So uh, no, so. it won't be unless I, I don't know. I I'm thinking of things, but anyway, well, let's get to, <laughs> to fusion. Yes. Uh, so fusion, uh, while it is very much a traditional uh, traditional Metroid 2D game, uh, it's also it also does a lot of things that change things that have. It's a little different than a regular 2D Metroid yes, game. Would you agree? Sure. So it's it's linear, and I think that's the biggest thing. Is that while while it does have um, while it does have this open world that you can that you can run around in, it very clearly gives you the directions and says you need to go to this place right now. Uh, and then once you get there, it goes okay. You found that place. Now I need you to go to this place and. Yeah, it's it, in that much way, more Yeah, that it's way. much more structured, and and that is something that I that I believe some or at least some uh, diehard fans took offense with that it was uh, maybe it was that that made this game seem like it was so much shorter that it was just making it was telling you where to go and and giving you yeah. basically all the all the hints and directions you needed, uh, which. You know, for me, actually, is is really great because when when we talk about how those old Metroid games were kind of impenetrable, this one at least I had a very clear objective uh, that if I was lost, I I kind of could fall back on and go, okay, this is this is where I need to go. It's it's just a matter of figuring out how to get there or how to um, how to get through the obstacles that are keeping me from there. Mm, yeah, and yeah, that is probably one of the biggest. Uh... Uh, I won't, I'm not going to say complaints, but uh, 
issues people have that are longtime fans had of this game is, yeah, those parts where you go to a navigation room. And in these navigation rooms, there's this computer, and we'll get more into uh, to the navigation computer more later, uh, that pretty, mu- pretty much just tells you, like, go to this exact room and you'll find it. Although there are parts later on in the game where you are forced to go around certain situations and find uh, a boss on your own because there's no, they can't find it or mm-hmm. uh, you're blocked off from going one way. And, yeah, that it's that and uh, speedrunners do not like this game either for that very fact that you have to go through these uh, cutscenes, which leads into another complaint a lot of people have this game is that it's so narrative-driven, uh, which wasn't something any Metroid game really had done in the past. Like, for the first Metroid, there's no story. You're just Samus Aran going to plant Ze- Zebus, Zebes, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and wipe out the uh, pirates... Uh, space pirates and the metroids that are threatening the galaxy uh and at the very end you realize oh metros samus and metroid samus is a woman uh this whole time and you had had no idea because it's just a the character was a person in a a suit of armor the whole time and that was like pretty radical for at its time yeah i mean Uh, that that is let let me cut you off there for a second because this was a really cool thing uh from that a zero mission episode that I that I heard and was like, oh man, was that really true? And then I went back like, yeah, man, that was true. That's a cool fact. Is that yeah. uh, you know in Japan they have gender neutral pronouns. So uh, mm-hmm. when the very limited story stuff in Metroid, whether it's in the instruction book that are actually in the game, uh, they they don't they use a, a gender neutral pronoun for for Samus. Whereas in America yeah. we don't have that really. Um, people try to get around it with they or there, but um, since, can work, since but we still, it's, right. you know, since, at that time, no one really gave a, you know, I would say like, it's probably like the people on the localization side didn't know what is going on in the game proper that people are translating. And the instruction manual was like separate from that sort of. Yeah. That, that's uh, potential. Group. That's potentially uh, a case, but, but in any case, they, they, they referred to Samus as, as a him. As as him as he was going to this planet to go take care of the space pirates, and it really created the extra surprise if if you went in either assuming Samus was a man or had read through the instruction booklet or something and had kind of had that doubt removed for you, and then to be uh, for it to be revealed at the end that that Samus is actually a woman. It's just a pretty crazy thing, and and something that uh, I just found interesting because at the time I was I was in a Japanese class in college and uh, was learning about gender neutral pronouns. So that was that was kind of a cool fact for me. Sorry, that was a, an aside. Uh, continue on. Yeah, and then yeah, so I was saying uh, uh, the Game Boy game, uh, which yeah, I mistakenly said this was the first portable Metroid. Of course, Return of Sandwich is the first portable Metroid, uh, but it was very different. Like it was pretty much the same kind of metroid game that you got in the first uh, metroid on the nes but this was like you said like the sprites were very large for what the gba was and uh i still find it a, a fun game but as far as like story the big crux of the game was at the end you uh were going to destroy the last metroid and a little baby metroid hatches and thinks you're its mom or you know leaves it's a you leave, leave an impression on it and it just follows you around that's the end of the game and, yeah, still, by the time you get to Metroid 3, Super Metroid, 
there is some story, and it's all told sort of in the background. Like, I won't give away spoilers or anything, but you, uh, the start of the game is uh, very text-heavy, and you get a beautiful voice sample that, at the time, you would never have gotten on a cartridge-based system, or very rarely uh, in some instances. And uh, everything else was just told what you saw. Like, if you saw something, that was pretty much how you got the story pretty much it's a uh, uh like at the beginning of the game you see all the scientists dead at the space station and then ridley comes out and just steals the metroid and that's your sort of delivery of the narrative there's no text telling you like you got to go here now it's unless you ran- wound up on z because that's where ridley resides and all the space pirates and you continue on there's no cutscenes or no anything like that everything just happens inside the game itself and when we got to, like, eight years later, Metroid Fusion, which was sort of seen as the sequel, and it is, the, you see in the title screen, uh, Metroid 4, uh, in the chronology of games, that mm-hmm. uh, everything is really told text-heavy. Like, you are told where to go, what to do. And a lot of people have rubbed them the wrong way. Like, this isn't a Metroid game. Like, you know, there's too much telling where to go and, like, how the story is. But I still was, like, even with all those complaints and problems people have, I still find this game absolutely amazing. Like the narrative structure of it is still really, really good and solid. Uh, if you want to go get into the story right now, it's uh, probably the best time. Go for it. I mean, you're you're it's, going uh, to know much more than me. <laughs> I I mean, we we've said before this is the fourth of the main installments of Metroid. It, it would go uh, Metroid and then Metroid Two: Return to Samus, then Super, then Fusion. Uh, as far as the timeline goes, you have Metroid and Zero Mission, which is a retelling of Metroid. Uh, then Prime, then Prime Hunters, even though that doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Prime 2 and 3, uh, then Metroid 2, then Super Metroid, then Other M, I believe, and then Fusion. Yeah. So Fusion is the, the latest installment timeline-wise. Uh, yeah, it's technically the, the last game story-wise in the whole series. If you wanted to play beginning to end in a uh, you know, chronological and cohesive narrative. But... Uh, for me, like, I played Super Metroid before this game, but I'd never beaten it. And it was after, like, I played this game that I went back to Super Metroid and finally beaten that game that, you know, I really appreciate how uh, Super Metroid is more of a show rather than a tell kind of game. And this is still, it shows you a lot, but it's still, you have to, it tells you a lot, too. And I'm perfectly fine with that, honestly. So this, the whole game starts off with, if you, uh, and I told you not to do this, I was interested to see if you did or not, but not press the start button to get to the title screen. You just watch the opening cutscene. Yeah, I watched And it. at the time, when, uh, it, it starts off, and it's Samus and her spaceship, uh, her hunter ship, and following this uh, crew of uh, is the BSL, uh, <laughs> which is a, a weird name, how to uh, call a, uh, what is it, a bio... Biological Space Laboratory Space Station is where you sent most of the game, but BSL... <laughs> yeah is the short name for the uh, uh, crew that you're helping, sort of, or the uh, organization or federation that you're helping. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see, like, this cutscene open, and you're following the ship, and then all of a sudden, your ship crashes right into an asteroid out of nowhere. And it's sort of a little bit shocking, because you're like, well, what the fuck happens to Samus? Like, you're, like, kind of taken aback. And then when you start a new game, you realize, oh, they're on the, uh, what was it, the SR-388, uh, hunting down the last of the Metroids and everything, you know, uh, in one final excavation. And you run into this weird sort of uh, life form that you don't know. They call it the X-Parasite. 
and it basically infects Samus. And during that whole inter- intro cutscene that you see before the title screen uh, explains that, oh, it infected you, you lose consciousness, and you crash your spaceship, but you're actually rescued, and but you're completely infected by this parasite. They don't know what to do. It's all covered in your armor and everything. And then they realize that the Metroid, the little baby Metroid that you save at the end of uh, The Return of Samus, uh, you, they still had like some of its DNA on file from that and Super Metroid. And they use that to basically uh, fuse with your blood and DNA, and you become sort of like Metroid-like in this uh, uh, situation when they realize that the Metroid was the main predator of the X-Parasite. So basically, the whole thing is now you are half Metroid at the beginning of this game, which is why it's called Metroid Fusion. Uh, and it actually leads into some of the core mechanics of the game, too, which you can get to later on. Sure. I, I mean, uh, I wonder if... I wonder if that's why we haven't necessarily seen a sequel to this game. I, I'm sure that that mm. isn't a ridiculous hurdle to to jump over, but the the fact that so much has changed with Samus right now from from the past, like before, it was okay in in uh, in Metroid. You know, this happens, but she's still basically the same. You're a powered up version, but you're you're basically the same. And then, you know, in Super Metroid, well, oh, you lose your stuff, but you're still basically the same Samus. At this point, yeah. like, she's... And that's what happened. It happens to, like, every Metroid game. Yeah. But... Uh, the, the, the Metroid tease kind of thing of, of showing how awesome you are before taking it all away. But uh, yeah. but with her being so ingrained into having this Metroid DNA in her and, and uh, the suit being so tied to her at this point that maybe... Maybe that's some kind of a, an obstacle for, for people who are trying to make a sequel to this game. It's just what do you what do you do? Like how do you how do you take her back to that uh, that stance of, of being nothing and having to build uh, from square one again? I, and I mean I'm sure it is something that you can do with some sort of hand wavy narrative reason, but uh, <laughs> like you get you get smashed by uh, Ridley in the beginning. Yeah, like sure. Uh, yeah. Ridley just but yeah. extracts the Metroid DNA and steals it, and you got to <laughs> take him out. Yeah. So there's there's yeah. some kind of bullshit that you could do, but uh, it still seems like you know this all the things with the X Parasite and the and the Metroid things that go into Samus at this point that you know, maybe yeah, there is something. It's there. one of the more sound narrative examples of why you're so depowered in the beginning. Uh, but anyway, so after you get your basically a uh, new lease on life, uh, a new spaceship and everything, you get a distress signal from the uh, BLS uh, space station. And uh, you go back to find that the uh, X-Parasite has escaped and is running rampant on the entire space, uh, space station. So your mission is to stop it at all costs. And uh, that it goes from there. Uh, you find out along the way that uh, your computer is like leading you on like what is the you know, true purpose of what you're doing and you're also being chased by your clone again which uh, although this came out uh, before Metroid Prime uh, two. 2 and uh, Corruption right? but yeah which had like Dark Samus this isn't Dark Samus it's called the SAX Samus Iran X basically and it it pretty much kind of shadows you throughout the game at certain points. Like, it's all scripted, uh, which would be asking a lot if something like this wasn't scripted, but it's kind of uh, comparable to, like, uh, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, with the Nemesis kind of chasing you around at certain points of the game. 
uh, or other, always being uh, like uh, some point on the screen that you aren't you you know you don't want to get near because it's so overpowered compared to what you are. Uh, and yeah, it acts as like a sort of barrier between the entire game as like the main antagonist to you. Right. And it's like it is very much a badass in in the way that yeah, it just and it, it's blows open like, doors I, I with played this game around Halloween because it's very like tension filled when you run into the SAX and you hear those footsteps uh, in the background and you're like oh shit like do I have to face uh, face it now or don't I it's uh, kind of you know it heightens the tension a lot yeah compared to many other uh, games in the series. So let's talk about this game uh, mechanically before we get into, you know, things that, like, specific gameplay things that we like or, or uh, yeah. you know, bosses or anything like that. But um, for a person who has not played Super Metroid, tell me how Metroid Fusion and Super Metroid differ in terms of just playing the game. Mm. So, well, you did play Metroid Zero. And basically yes. the same way you get power-ups and missile replenishments. Right is you defeat bad guys and like there's you know purple little dots for health and missiles for uh missiles basically mm-hmm. uh, and uh in this one what makes it different is when you defeat an enemy you get like the x parasite which mimics its host in different ways and kind of mutates it uh to like different abilities uh, once you defeat an enemy like this little blob will float around the screen there's like uh, orange ones and green ones and it, you basically being like this sort of Metroid-infused person now, you can absorb the X-Parasite since you're in the natural predator, which kind of you know ties into the story and everything. Mm-hmm. If you uh, capture it just in time, you can gain like missile power-ups if it's orange or health if it's green. But on the flip side, if you're not fast enough in catching it, it'll sometimes form another enemy. Or if it fuses with another X-Parasite, like there's two or more in the same room, it could become an even stronger enemy that you have a harder time taking out. And yeah, that, that sucks when that happens. On, like, yeah, yeah, it can suck. Yeah, those gold fucking space pirates are a pain in the ass. Uh, but then there's later on, like the X Parasite. Like this is obviously just you know, part of the story narrative, and it's not like uh, uh, perpetual that happens in the game because this is you know it's a Game Boy Advance game from 2002. But uh, at some point, you run to X Parasite that could freeze you which is, like, the Metroid's one big weakness that you learn throughout the Metroid games, uh, that when you it touches you, it, it freezes you and deals damage. But what's interesting is when you get a power-up later on, you can absorb them. Uh, and it's funny, because, like, when I played through this time, I remember, like, you get into a room when you get the... Uh, uh, was it the... Uh, Viara suit. Uh, they'll run at you, and then you absorb it, and then when you run to them sequentially afterwards, they like flee from you so it's kind of like an interesting kind of uh way of showing how the sax or the sa the x parasite progresses in a sort of ai way but even though you know it's not like any sort of actual programming ai code it's just something that like after this point in the game they're going to flee from you right but it, i uh, mean it's still it's still an interesting thing uh you know not not necessarily narratively but uh just mechanically from a from a sense of this it shows the player getting stronger and it it gives you that that visual feedback of hey those things that that were chasing you down are now running away from you exactly similar i mean it it very 
they're very different, but they they have the same idea of like the way Earthbound those you'll just start knocking out uh, character or knocking out opponents uh, and not even going into the battle sequence because yeah, it, yeah. it shows the that you have progressed happens. enough to to get over that point. Oh yeah, same thing happens in uh, Chrono Trigger like later in the game. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, and the other big difference uh, that a lot of that Metroid Fusion has from a lot of the other uh, Metroid games is when you defeat a, a boss. Uh, since the as the pa- X Parasite can mimic not only living organic, it can steal uh, like digital data as well too. There's uh, times when you are trying to get an upgrade, which they uh, explain the story that's uh, being sent by the Federation and sent to data rooms that you have to access. Uh, you find out later that the X Parasite can steal these and you have to you know defeat a boss but the last form of the boss is always this either like uh uh what is it an ex-parasite that you just you hit a couple of times with missiles or another one that actually shoots back at you yeah they've got like some sort of shield on them they kind of remind me of the uh the Mega Man x boss uh, or mid boss that's just that giant spiky ball in a bubble if you remember Mm. that Um, uh was that the I'm trying to remember from... Is that later in, like, X2 or something like that? No, no, no. It's in the original X. It happens a couple times. It, it's just a mid-boss. I mean, I remember, I remember, like, the big uh, the giant eel, whatever, uh, leviathans in the, underneath the, uh, in the water and other things in that game. I'm trying to remember. I need to play Mega Man X again, speaking of, like, awesome <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, yeah. And then after you defeat that, you can gain the ability by absorbing the X Parasite after that. So it's still that sort of, you know, defeat the boss, get the new power-up, but there's no Chozo statues where you find the power-up randomly or anything like that. Right. I, I think I really only remember the the one. Like, there, there's one where you start to get the power-up and then it turns into an X Parasite and you have to fight it. Yeah, like you see, like, a scientist, like, accessing the data and then it just dissolves in the next part. That's the uh, speed suit, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I'm I not think sure. you're right, yeah. Uh, but well, yeah, you learn that the X-Parasite like, corrupts everything that, that it touches. Like, you run into a security bot early on in the game that's just doing its job, but then it's you know, infected by the X-Parasite later on and needs even stronger. Uh, the SAX that you follow is actually like more than one that you find out, too because uh, it can re- reproduce asexually and everything. So it's like you realize that it's a huge threat to, like, everything it touches. Yeah, maybe they shouldn't have killed all the Metroids. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but, they, you know, they have you now. And, uh, yeah, but those are the big changes are pretty much the hand-holding parts and the uh, how you gain power-ups and uh, refill your abilities. Uh, and then, of course, there's also the uh, hanging from ledges, that was not done in a 2D Metroid before. Right. Uh, it hasn't really been... I, I'm trying to remember if Other M did it too, but uh, before, like, you have to do, like, a if you wanted to get higher up on a certain ledge or something, you'd have to do the wall jump, which, uh, thankfully, I've improved my Metroid skill since, like, I played this a long time ago, that I can easily do that now. Yeah. But uh, this one, you know, you can... Uh, there's the ability of climbing on a ledge, jumping up, and then going to a morph ball. And you can actually jump now in a morph ball, too, once you get the high jump ability, which has not been done uh, in a Metroid game up to this point. Yeah. Uh, so you were talking about, uh, or when you were discussing the the, uh, the way the X-Parasite works for, for bosses, like, let's, let's go into the bosses, because those are probably the coolest parts of the game, of just these are yeah. really very nice-looking sprite work 
that they did to to make these these giant monsters, or, or sometimes not so giant. But uh, yeah. you know, tell me about some of your bosses. Are they do they actually name them in the game? Because I was they do. Uh, okay, uh, there's like nightmare. Uh, let's say some of the other ones. Uh, I know there's a spy. I, so right before we did this, I I went back through and watched a YouTube video of just a boss run, uh, so I could just remember, you know, oh yeah, there was that boss, and and you know, kind of what it did, and uh, this particular video had spider. all their names in it. So there was a spider that was called Yakuza. I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, that's yeah, I read that too. That's a weird name for a spider, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there's, yeah. There's a nightmare. I forget what the uh, big eel kind of one that you get the speed ability from yeah I hate uh, but that was named the sax uh and ne- then the neo ridley robot, the OX. Uh, neo ridley there's the uh we yeah. talked you talked about the uh the security robot i think that's called the box uh box robot or security system something like that um i don't know what box stands for but it says box that's cool <laughs> um the- so it's an X parasite in a BOX of so the Xbox. Yeah, there, there you go. That's it. That's it. Metroid's coming to Xbox. You you cracked the code. I did it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you mentioned the the best one first. Nightmare is the coolest boss in that whole game. I, and I will... and it's so cool, like how uh, we'll get into the boss details, but like later, like as you're defeating it, its face kind of like drips. Uh, and changes colors. Yeah, so it starts. It starts out as this uh, like cool blue looking security mech robotic thing, and then it kind of starts to ooze some green out of its eyes, and then you knock off its faceplate, and it's just this face of ooziness. And ah, uh, God, that boss is great. Uh, that boss is so yeah, cool. A, I don't think I really love fighting it, well. but it was such a cool looking yeah. boss. And that's what I want to ask you is, uh, what do you think of the difficulty of some of these bosses? Because they are, some of these are notorious until you figure out the pattern. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which took time to remember them. It's a, it's, a, it's a very stark contrast from some of the regular parts of the game, which are, are relatively easy, or at least manageable, uh, to, yeah, to like get the through. Yeah, one, the first one plays kind of like the first boss you see in Ninja Gaiden. You know, you, you hit it a couple of times and then it charges the wall and you just got to make sure you jump up onto the wall right. before it hit, you know, charges it. I mean, and then you jump up and hit it a couple of times again. Yeah, uh, and to, to get back to Mega Man X, that's very much like a chill penguin as well, where you, you exactly, hit him yes. and then you get up into the wall. <laughs> that I do remember. <laughs> the easiest one to, to fight. Exactly. Uh, but so, then you get- so, yeah, he was no problem. Then you get to, like, Yakuza is probably the hardest one, or that, the one that you, uh, the, that you have to get the uh, speed boost from. Mm-hmm. Those are probably, like, the indication, like, okay, this game is, it stops messing around at this point. Yeah, fighting uh, Yakuza was not fun. Um, I, I liked elements of that battle, especially where you uh, finally, like, knock him, knock off all his legs, and now he's just this... He's a floating head. Then yeah. You realize, oh, that's the spin jump ability. That's what he has. But I like, I kind of like the way that uh, you juggle him a little bit, and and you don't have to mm-hmm. juggle him because he'll just bounce off the ground too. But uh, it made it. That was a kind of fun thing for me to do of of try to time my shots to just keep him juggled and in the air. Um, that fight goes on a long time, and that th- I think that's what what killed me most is that I, I feel like I was doing all right, or at least should have been getting through it. But uh, that that fight was long, and then you get to that point, and, and yeah, like, I, just, you, I couldn't quite just get like, through that for a while. I wanted to like I'm playing uh, my original cart, 
played it on the my SP, but I also played it on my DS, uh, original DS, uh, which I, I recommend playing it on that way just because you get the extra uh, room for the hands, but it's durable because I almost felt like throwing it across the room. <laughs> well, I recommend points. playing it on a, on a 3DS, but, uh, you know, yeah, you'd, have, you'd have to be yes. an ambassador and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't think they've actually put Metroid Fusion out again. I, I think it is only in the... Uh, in the ambassador, ambassador program, and, uh, isn't it? You can get it on the Wii U as well, too. Right, you can. I you can do that. playing on that if you are prone to throwing across the room. Things, <laughs> so, you know, the gamepad, uh, but yeah, that Yakuza battle, and then uh, Nightmare, and then the final SAX battle. Although you meet him one other time right after uh, you face uh, what is it? The no, I'm pretty sure it's right after Yakuza you face him, or the uh, yeah, it's right after that, and. The first time you meet SAX that you have to actually, like, face face it, it will charge at you, and if it shoots you a couple of times with a plasma beam, you're, you're done. Right. And the only way to get past it is to freeze it with your ice missiles, and then, you know, pray to God you get into the next room and know what to do, and then can get to a safe space to hide, and then it'll ignore you. But it's, it's times like those that gets the most frustrating. And the final fight with the SAX is mm-hmm. also very infuriating. <laughs> Uh, I think the the worst boss though has to be Neo Ridley. Like that was not because it's a bad fight, but because of those screams. The the way <laughs> I don't know who programmed in that sound, but the way that fucking dragon screams every time you hit it is so awful and nails on a chalkboard that I, I ended up turning my sound down to face to do the rest of that battle because it was so annoying. Yeah, uh, it that. Ridley battle is, uh, I, I, I don't mind it at all, actually, but it's, I think it's one of the more easier Ridley battles, because in Super Metroid, that was one of the harder uh, boss fights, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because you're surrounded by lava the whole time. Uh, so think of, like, the same kind of attack pattern, but at the very edges of the room, you can't, like, you know, you can't go any further, because you'll fall into lava, and, you know, it's instant uh, health drain right. on you. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't have any... any really remembrance of of that battle um because i i didn't play through enough uh but i i do remember it from smash brothers because uh, they they do have that challenge where you have to face ridley and it's oh yeah yeah it is smash it is movie. very similar uh in that sense uh but it is it's also totally different uh, <laughs> i guess i guess that uh, was that was brawl wasn't it or the in the adventure yeah. mode um, yeah ridley's a total pain in the ass See what, what's uh, weird. What's weird to me, and so I have, I have no reverence for for Metroid, but I still have a little bit of nostalgia for Metroid, which is weird. <laughs> um, so when I'm playing, I, I can understand that as uh, Samus has shown up in so many other things too. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's it uh, because I. You go through Fusion, and yeah, there is Neo Ridley, but it, it's a little bit different, and it's not it's not Ridley being a constant threat like like he is in in other Metroid games. And uh, there's no Kraid. Like it just, there there are things that I I very clearly associate with with Metroid, and for them to not be in a Metroid game, uh, I wouldn't say irked me or, or really like made made the game worse but it was something that just like oh well you know if it's a metroid game i feel like it should have that kind of stuff in it <laughs> i feel like that'd be too on the nose if they like oh here's crate now and 
you know, they already had one, like, plant enemy in this game that remind me a lot of, uh, like, Super Metroid, uh, when you fight, like, sort of a mini-boss halfway, uh, in the beginning of one of the early on in the games, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, I, I loved how Ridley, you first see them, it, see, uh, Ridley in this, like, uh, containment game, like, sub-zero containment room, mm-hmm. and when you run to it again by a different path, because you have to go around it and everything, it gets, uh, it basically gets infected by an ex-parasite and flies away. So it's that looming feeling like, oh, great, now I have to fight Ridley now, because, you know, fuck. Right. <laughs> and, you know, like, the whole thing, like, just collapses, and you're just like, well, I'll have to deal with that later, uh, with, um, you know, among everything else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I also want to mention on uh, the nightmare battle when, uh, since it has it's the main uh, power up you get is the gravia suit. Like it, the whole crux of the fight is when it powers up that gravia suit. It like like if you shoot missiles at it, it just sinks down to the ground. Like everything becomes heavier. You're slower. You can't jump as high, and the only way to defeat it is using your plasma beam efficiently or uh, you know a charge shot. And uh, the way like the screen like moves side to side when that whole effect is going, it really like it's such a great showcase of what the GBA could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, even something like early, like it, it wasn't even early on its life cycle. This was some like like not even at the end. It was like mid cycle almost. Right. It it it's an impressive showpiece. I, I'll give you that. Um, mm. So let's talk about the one thing that probably is has really made me dislike uh, Metroid games. Uh, and, and that is having artificial time limits, and especially uh, near the end of the game where you have to run away. Uh, yeah. I hate all of those. They are all terrible. I am not it, good at them. Did it get you this time? I, I'm just, I'm not, I don't like I them, never Matt. I never run out of time, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I don't like them. They are not fun. Uh, I like them. I, I always find them. Like, it's just part of the game where you're just, like, in a hurry, and it's, I don't know, it's, it just, it raises the tension all the time. I completely understand that, and I, I, I get why they do it. I just don't like it. <laughs> I like uh, taking my time and exploring. Uh, I don't really enjoy things that feel trial and error. And when you put uh, an artificial time limit and, say, get through this area that you've, uh, you know, it, Maybe never, not that you've never seen it before, because there is a lot of backtracking and stuff in this game, and you will go through places. And if you do remember it, then then you should be fine. But uh, to to go at it and go through a place and and maybe not remember, or at least not remember how to get through it backwards or something like that, or it just it or gets it to shows, the... or it throws a curveball. You like uh, that at some point in the game, and I'm totally going to spoil a lot right here, but you find out that. The BLS is doing a uh, experiments on Metroid and Metroids and have been cloning them the whole time, and it's the reason why the SAX is pretty much like there trying to stop the Metroids being its main predator mm-hmm. uh, from trying to you know copy itself. And when you discover the secret, you see the SAX like destroying all the Metroids, and there's no way out of the room, and you have a countdown of like 50 seconds before this section of the space station is destroyed. And you have to, uh, basically you have to spin jump out of the room uh, and hope to God that you miss all the Metroids that are floating around and get to the exit in time. Uh, but yeah, I can see why parts like that are infuriating. Or at the end of the game, which has the obvious countdown at the end of the game, mm-hmm. right after you defeat the SAX, <laughs> and this happened to me, 
you face a Omega Metroid right at the end, which is a really awesome fight, but if you die or run out of time, you have to fight the SAX all over again, yes. which is a pain in the ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that happened to me not more than, oh god, like two hours ago. Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to beat this game, and I get to the Omega Metroid, and I'm too greedy and trying to defeat it, and it totally kicks my ass. Right. And I'm like, I have to play this all over again from the SAX on. And now you did mention this near the beginning of the episode, but uh, that that Metroid Fusion is not—it's uh, not that people don't speedrun it; it's that it's uh, not as much of a respected or or as a, as heralded as a as a uh, speedrunning game as something like Super Metroid. Um, no, but they still do it. It's, yeah, they absolutely kind of still do it. As as evidenced by the the copious amounts of uh, YouTube videos and and speed demo archive uh, has tons of tons of those runs as well. But uh, is is how many times have you played this game? I mean, I, I mean, I know you're not really a speed runner, but uh, no, not at all. For a game that you like, like what's what was your what was your time that you tweeted out before this episode four eighteen oh, or something four like that? hours eighteen minutes yeah so is and and you seem to completion. you seem to be dissatisfied with that number so like what's what's your par time matter or like what's what's the goal here part time would have been sub four hours but uh that's still pretty you know average mm-hmm. uh for a metroid speed run uh the best man what is the best for metroid fusion I'm not sure at all because uh, then this leads into a really good funny Easter egg, but uh, a lot of speedrunners in the Metroid games since uh, Super Metroid have used the Shine Spark ability, which is doing a uh, when you run, you know, keep running for a long enough period, you start getting the supercharge, uh, super speed ability, mm-hmm. which can blast through balls and get through certain parts in the game. If you press down while you're running, you'll basically get the speedrun ability while you can just rock around normally. And if you jump up in the air or jump to the side, you'll do a shine spark. There's a way where you can, uh, and at some point in the game, you're forced to go around in one of the subsections of the space station to the aqua zone. And uh, you do that, you're supposed to do this naturally, but you can also bypass a certain section that uh, if you bypass it by doing the shine spark and getting it just pretty much perfect timing to keep it going to a certain uh, point. You can get to a navigation room and get a special uh, message <laughs> from the computer, and uh, either it's, it's assumed one of the Federation scientists or uh, one of the devs uh, <laughs> that commends you on how well you did the Shine Spark. Nice. And that's the, one of the few uh, Easter eggs in the game. That is pretty uh, cool. Um, yeah, I, I want to say it's like the the Awada special because it says "Please understand" <laughs> during the whole thing. Uh, yeah, and uh, you can do that in certain aspects, but it's still like the you know the best ending, quote unquote, is the best ending. You get like Samus without her helmet or uh, whatever is like hundred percent under two hours or something like that. So I was no, I never get nowhere near that. I just like enjoying playing a Metroid game. Sure. Uh, time, time be damned. Uh, and although you can, with dedication, you can improve. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's again, one of the difficult things for me is that I, I mean, I know I should be able to just take my time and, and play this game at my own pace and, and not worry about what happens at the end. But I know that this game from its very roots has been a game that is, is dedicated on, Hey, if you can beat this fast, 
there's extra stuff in it for you. And it keeps me tense the entire time. It, it keeps me thinking like, oh man, am I going the wrong way? Is this affecting uh, this time that I shouldn't even care about, but I know it's it's at least an aspect of this game that that uh, is just kept in the back of your mind. So for uh, just, I can't, I don't know. It, it just keeps me on my toes the whole game. And, and again, that is not, that is not the way I like to play games. Uh, so that's it's it's tough for me. It makes it makes Metroid a, a difficult thing. Um, and then when it comes to speedrunning, I will watch Metroid speedrun speedruns. Those are really interesting to watch. Uh, both the the any percents where where people use a lot of that sequence breaking, kind of like you were talking about using the shine spark and other things, getting to areas or skipping areas that that you shouldn't yep. have been able to if you're playing it uh, normally or the way that it was intended to. There are ones that also do like zero percent or like one percent item completion to speedruns, right? Uh, which are just like in a in a game this hard sometimes. With some of the bosses are just beyond me. Like, how is that not tool assisted? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and then you get to the things you get to the hundred percent speedruns as well, where I think just those are those are pretty intense too. Of just watching how somebody finds the finds all these hidden items. I would, I went back and just watched a little bit of a hundred percent speed run just to, again, help me remember aspects of the game. Cause it is, has been a little bit since I played it. Um, but just to watch, to watch somebody else who knows every aspect of this game and destroy blocks that, you know, I didn't even pay attention to just take out a part of a ceiling that uh, I just ran past because it's not, it's not there. There's no detailer in there. Anything that indicates that something might be in there. It's like, oh yeah, this is this. Here's where just some more missiles are. Yeah. Like, hi, okay, how, how, how did you? Who found this out? Like, where, where does yeah, anybody yeah. find this out? I mean, that's that's sort of like one of those things that Metroid, the game Metroid series does. But uh, I want to say, what do you think about the ones that are the fake out missiles uh, that turn out to be just X parasites? Yeah, that, that's a real fucker. Like that's. Yeah, I know. It's such a pain. That's a real it's mean. It's like a big to you. It's a real, real dick move by the devs. And then you find out in that room there's also a secret to that room. Like, oh, you can go to the next room and there's the actual power up. But yeah, it's a total fuck you. Yeah. I also, I didn't like is uh, at the end when you get all your power ups, the game essentially locks you from exploring anything else. Uh, so you got to be sure, like, at some point. Oh, do I want to get every single? Do I want one hundred percent the entire all the items? Got to make sure, like, I got to do this before I do anything else. Uh, that that's one point I did not like in this uh, whole game. Hmm. Uh, plus, if you're like, oh, I'm underpowered for the final fight, well, too bad. You might have to start all over again. Yeah, which you know, for for you, isn't that bad? It's only four hours and eighteen minutes. For me, I got yeah, took a uh, took a bit longer. <laughs> So, uh, uh, what was your final? Um, man, I I don't remember. I think it was somewhere in the maybe maybe sevens, seven or eight. I, I, I mean, it was that, that seems for for a first time kind of uh, playthrough. Yeah, I I mean it was it was again me not really knowing where I was going. Uh, there were there were a lot of deaths to some bosses. Uh, yeah, and and also i'm just not i'm not very good at those games i i'm not very good at the shooting like i don't know what why it is i think that's what 
made me more interested to try the Castlevania games, knowing that uh, I'm using a sword or a whip or something, and and maybe I'd like the physics of it more, but the I just am not that big of a fan of, of 2D shooters in general. Uh, and then Metroid kind of exacerbates it with... Uh, you know, having having more specific shooting, especially when it comes to uh, diagonals and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the original Super Metroid had, like, the two shoulder buttons that you could do diagonal shots on, mm-hmm. like, an up and down. But this one is, you know, you only have one shoulder button because you, in the original Game Boy Advance, you only had A, B, and then two shoulder buttons, which right. was really great at the time. But then when they were porting a lot of Super Nintendo games, like, why didn't they do... You know, the X and the Y button, too, mm-hmm. at this point. It, it got a real, real annoying with some of these games that were trying to be, uh, especially uh, Metroid Fusion being poured over, kind of, essentially, uh, as far as, like, the control scheme and the mechanics of the controls. This this definitely is, like, a lot more hand-cramped than I remember mm-hmm. uh, trying to play it on my SP, which is why I moved up to the uh, DS for this one. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so... Uh, well, what else about Metroid Fusion? I I, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I want to gush more about it, I'm, but I, I pretty much uh, said everything that I want to. Yeah, I mean, unless you've got more to say, I feel like we've we've covered quite a bit of this game. I'm, uh, I'm pretty pleased with yeah. uh, the way we've discussed it. Um, so I guess some, some closing thoughts to this before we Definitely. just get into some kind of screw-around territory and we talk about whatever we want. Um I will say I don't. Uh, I, I told you uh, I don't remember if this was before we started recording or not. But uh, me- playing through Metroid Fusion fully um, has not changed my opinion of the Metroid games uh, as as much as you uh, may have hoped it would. Um, <laughs> they are they are definitely not not my thing. Uh, I can appreciate though that that Metroid Fusion is a is a good game uh, if you think that Metroid might be something you'd be interested in. I think Fusion is a, a pretty great place to start uh, of just the way that it it is a little bit more definitely uh, accessible than than especially some of the older Metroid games. Um, so I would I would suggest to either start with uh, Fusion or or maybe Zero Mission um, since Zero Mission does kind of retell the beginning of of uh, the Metroid uh, story that that might be a good place uh, to come in as well. But um, they are fine games, uh, and and I can appreciate and understand the people who love them. Uh, but as for me, I just, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if there's one more game that I would try, it'll be Super Super Metroid. And I'll convince you sometime. But I'll, anyway, yeah, I'll play it at some point. Metro Fusion. Yeah. To me, Metro Fusion's... It's just one of the best Game Boy Advance games. Really, one of the best Metroid games out there. It like cranks me damned about the linear storyline. I find it fine. I love the twist to it. The way it it seems like you're working for, you know, you think you're working for the good guys, and then later on you're like, well, the Federation can't be trusted. And kind of like the end of the story is like, well, you're now pretty much an outlaw from the Federation. You uh, like it kind of reveals a little bit more about Samus's history with the Federation and being in the military kind of, you get the, the hints to uh, like her superior officer, Adam, that is also kind of reincarnated. You find out in the 
uh, computer itself that mm-hmm. is uh, leading you the whole way. I, I just really enjoy that too. It it seems like uh, like this is. I, I just wish they would make another Metroid game like this. That's what <laughs> I'm pretty much dying for Nintendo to do at some point. Right, and, and, and story wise, I can wait a little longer, but yeah, it's, it's hard. And story-wise, I think they did leave it in some interesting territory, like you just outlined there. There are there are things that the next Metroid game, if they if they were to make one, uh, that well, the next one chronologically would have some interesting territory uh, and and things that they would have to either work around or work with to to make to make a new one because there, there are some, some drastic changes from the way that, that Samus, uh, works mechanically just because of the Metroid stuff, uh, and the, the X parasite, um, stuff that she has going on with her own body right now. Uh, plus like you mentioned her, the, uh, the, her relationship to the Federation and, and places that she used to be friendly with and, uh, is now no longer. So, uh, it would be cool. Uh, it doesn't seem like we're going to get that with uh, Federation Force or Galactic Force or whatever the the new one's called. No, that's that seems to be something that's going to be taking place like early, like within the Prime Universe, or just you know not not much of a connection at all. Kind of like Hunters, even though they kind of put it within the timeline, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. Hunter, Hunters is completely superfluous to to any sort of story stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, like. I really like after playing this game. I really just want to go back and start over again because like, the, just the production of it is so well put together. Everything just feels so great. It's it, it feels to me like it's Nintendo research and development's like swan song as like a uh, their original creation, like as a company mm-hmm. or a section of Nintendo. Well, let me ask you this, Matt. Uh, from the way you've talked about Fusion, you seem to be quite the fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> would you say that this is uh, you, and we're talking you personally, not not objectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you personally, is this your favorite Metroid game uh, of them all, or no. is it Super? <laughs> Super and Prime are probably my favorites. Okay. Uh, Super is probably just edges out Prime, but uh, Prime also like came out the same time, like I said, as Fusion. And I remember reading. Uh, I had Game Informer at the time. And they reviewed both, and they gave Prime like a nine, and Fusion like a nine point seven five, and I said, "Oh, that is Fusion correct. is a better Metroid that. game, and Prime is a is a really good game, but it's not a good Metroid game." I disagree. I think Prime just Prime is probably one of the greatest games of that generation of of consoles. It it, it totally changes everything about what makes a Metroid game a Metroid game, and what makes. Uh, like how to do storytelling inside of a game with you know kind of this show and tell and scanning in things that make it sort of interactive or things you can skip or things that you can just go and do or how it uh, relates to you as a character like playing the game. Uh, but Super Metroid is still like the, the, the Super Metroid is the progenitor to this. It, you know you wouldn't have this game without Super Metroid and Super Metroid still after playing that. You know, a couple of times compared to Fusion, Fusion may be more graphically superior, but Metroid uh, Super Metroid is just so leaps and bounds ahead of its time that it is. AGM gave it game of, like greatest game of all time, and I still say, yeah, that probably is true in a lot of respects. Uh, 
to the games that are out there today still. All right. Well, that sounds good. Uh, <laughs> you know, something something that interests me um, is to is for Fusion and Metroid Prime to come out on on that same day. That is so. And they did the whole uh, GBA connection thing too. That's true. Mentioned. They they did do that. That that does give it a, a little bit more of a of a reason for that to happen. But it's something something like this happens so rare in video games that, that they would because you could almost view it as cannibalizing your own sales that that somebody is you know going to find a metroid game and you know maybe they're not going to buy both they'll they'll buy they'll buy this one and and then maybe they'll get the other one later but uh, but there's two so very different games that use like the core mechanics in like the same way it's yeah you're not I, wrong I, and they're also on I two would different never platforms say, pick one over the other because you should really pick both. <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to rem- I'm trying to think of another time that that two games of the same franchise uh, came out either at the same time or like really similar time or really close times. And the only one okay. that I'm uh, there's one, your, there's your... there's one that I'm thinking of and it's not a very good example uh, because it was made by two well I guess Prime and, and Fusion were made by two different devs too, but uh, was XCOM, uh, whereas XCOM, huh? yeah, whereas like hey, uh, and th- these are the latest XCOM's games. Uh, so you have uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown, which was hey guys, this is the XCOM game that you really want to play. And then what was God, what was the, the bureau? Yeah, the bureaus, which was uh, yeah, I think came out at two different times though. Yeah, uh, they okay. They thinking. they were announced together though, or they were announced very yeah, close together. Like I think the bureau was announced first and people went like, "What the yeah. fuck is this? Like this is this is not XCOM. This is a first person shooter or a third person. I think it started as a first and then moved into a third. Um uh, it's, it's still a first person shooter, but is it? I okay. haven't played the bureau or I've, I've not played the original. Yeah. So, so for, uh, for people to go, this is not an XCOM, XCOM game. Play, yeah, then XCOM was announced, and then that came out first. Yeah, and was an awesome game. Enemy Unknown is is such a great game, uh, and I'm really sad that XCOM uh, Two or XCOM Enemy Unknown Two. I forgot even what they're calling it. Uh, but the sequel to Enemy Unknown is is not coming to consoles because I actually had a blast playing that game on 360, uh, and I would love to play play the the sequel on a console as well cuz uh, I'm I'm over here with my with my MacBook and I'm not going to be able to play uh the PC version. So that's sad to me cuz that was yeah, a I'm really sure badass game. Anyway, uh yeah. did did you think of an example? Be, uh, yeah, my example is going to be uh uh Assassin's Creed Unity came out the same day as Assassin's Creed Rogue. Uh okay, and, yeah. That's, enough, Rogue that's a good came point. More, uh critically acclaimed game. Yeah. Not by much. Yeah, and you're you're right though. Well, that's because Unity was such a was such a troubled game yes. yeah. from every aspect, and and Rogue just kind of quietly came out and said like, well, you know, we we work. <laughs> like, well, you can actually yeah, play this game, works. and like the faces don't melt off. Uh, so I guess <laughs> I guess it's all right. I've I don't yeah. actually know anything about Rogue other than oh, neither do I. it I wasn't a gigantic pile of crap cool. like Unity was. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played Assassin's Creed games since Revelations, and that kind of was like the final straw for me. That's uh, a that's a smart move, I though. Wanna, I do want to get back into it just because I want to play three, and I feel like I should just play through Revelations to the end. No, you're uh, fine. No, I, I should just go to three. All right. I, no, you shouldn't uh, do that either. 
Really? <laughs> like I, I know that you that you live in New England and it might be cool having your Assassin's Creed right in your backyard, but uh, that game's not good. That game is uh, real no, bad. I do want to play Unity as well too, because after being in Paris, it's like, man, that, uh, that seems dude, amazing. Just, just don't, just don't, I, just don't do any more Assassin's Creed. Period. See, I don't want you to do harm to yourself. Oh. <laughs> like, if you can avoid pain, I, I would like you to avoid pain. So, maybe just not play those games. I, I hear good things about Black Flag. I've heard actually pretty good things about Syndicate that just came out. Um, yeah, I, I've played through every Assassin's Creed one, two revelations. Uh, and then I played some three and was really excited for it. And that game is bad. <laughs> that game yeah, is so I, bad. I'm and still going to play through. I just, I'm curious. Oh it's man. All right. Or just be curious than anything else at this point. But, All right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry that you have to that you feel that you need to do that. Well, hey, I'm, I'm one of the people that love the first Assassin's Creed, not because it's I do too. A game, it's just they they haven't done anything that is like you go get your target and then after you get you, you assassinate your target, there's no like oh the entire city's against you now. You got to be you know quick and stealthy as best you can. I'm with you 100%. Safe, uh, safe I think, yeah, that, I think Altair's so a cool guy. Uh, I know he, he kind of uh, ends up being a dick, but I, I think at least like the character model is really cool. Uh, I, I liked... The cities the, the cities were amazing. The, the way that uh, the people just interacted, the, the mechanical things of that game were fascinating. And, and yes, the mission structure wasn't very great because it was... It was very I much the same thing it, over though. and over again. Like, I, I, I didn't either. Dropping. I loved following people, but yeah, it just got one note at some point. And I also didn't mind Crackdown, which is which is even more one note of here's your yeah. gang boss, okay. go kill him in any way you see fit. And okay, you did that one. Okay, here's a new gang boss, do the same thing. Where uh, mm. at least Assassin's Creed has one or two mission styles that it will have you go on before you get before you go and kill that person. But, uh, yeah, I, I love one. So don't, so don't get me wrong on that. We're, we're on the same field there. And, and two is that's, fantastic. That's... And brotherhood is also very good. And revelations is, is okay, but it's, yeah. it, it, you There's, can see that parts you can skip. Them. Yeah. Like you can start to see the seams. You start to see like, Oh, this is, this is getting a little ragged. I, I understand it, they're they're running out of material here. It's it's all kind of the same stuff, and I'm kind of in the same areas. And it doesn't matter that they say it's a new place; it feels very much like the old place. Um, but then, then three happens, and it's yeah. I'm gonna still play it. All right, I, I want to see for myself it's kind man. of those things. Good luck, man. Same with like a Metroid Other M. Like it's a game I was playing, and I was like kind of enjoying actually, mm-hmm. uh, since it was so different. Uh, but then I hear the complaints about it, and like, yeah, they're like that opening cutscene is just it makes the end of Super Metroid seem so out of place and cheesy that it's just off-putting mm. so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I haven't had any experience with that game. I, I've I've heard the things from other people, but it's never been something that I've felt the need to go and, and seek out. So. Uh, it feels like I've dodged somewhat of a bullet on there. I mean, I know that uh, the Team Ninja worked with it, and like they do, uh, they do some cool animations and, and art stuff. And uh, I know Dead or Alive has some major issues with it, but 
Uh, I've always enjoyed that as a as a fighting game. Um, or the Ninja Gaiden series, like, which those I are still I, solid. I actually haven't played any of those, which is sad. None of them. None, None of them. Uh, even the Xbox One. Not even the Xbox One. I haven't played any, but uh, I, I probably should. I they they seem fine. <laughs> They're tough. They're tough. I, I know they. I know they're hard as hell, and that's probably the biggest reason of why I've never gone and gone and played them. Um, mm. Well, I, I, of, I definitely say like this and uh, Prime might be the hardest Metroid games. Really? Out there. That's... Uh, or Prime Two. I mean, there are parts of Prime Two where there are frustrating boss series, but this one, like the bosses, can be almost too tough. In, like, it's in just, Fusion like, or other in and... Fusion, right? Fusion, yeah, okay. yeah. It's sometimes it's just it's a little too tough in some areas, but you can power your way through. Yeah. Uh, so even it being the most accessible Metroid in some ways, it is also it also has its own ways of of being somewhat impenetrable. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's stop talking about games that uh, we want to play uh, or or should be playing in in the future yeah. or shouldn't be playing. Assassin's Creed Three. Um, <laughs> Uh, can we take a quick break? Yeah, absolutely. And we'll come back right at the right after this and, and talk about some of the games that uh, we have been playing or, or are excited to, to start when they come out real soon. Okay, well, hey, we're back from the from the break. Uh, Matt and I are ready to go now. And Matt, let's uh, let's talk about some of these games that we've uh, that we've been playing uh, recently. So uh, why don't you start us off? I mean, I know I know the most recent, uh, obviously Metroid Fusion. Yeah. Uh, seeing seeing you finish that one, but uh, what are some of the other games that you've been playing recently? Doesn't have to be handheld games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've been uh, recently digging into. Uh, uh, not just because I got a PS4, but I've been playing on a friend's PS4. I played through The Last of Us. Very uh, good game. Found that out. That is an absolutely fantastic game. Uh, yeah, I could gush about that, but you know, <laughs> playing has been said. I feel it's true. Uh, it's but I also played through uh, was uh, Witcher Three: The Wild Hunt. Yeah, uh, let's talk more about that. Uh, I have that. I actually have it for Xbox One, not PS4, but. Um, mm. Uh, I so you're coming at it brand new, right? Or did you play it kind of when it was out before? I I just started playing. Okay, so you are playing the the best version of it right now. I know when it first came out, um, yeah, yeah, that it had it had a lot of issues. Um, well, I mean, it had it had some. I'm still seeing issues if like there's graphical issues and uh, yeah there were a couple issues, there were a couple but... technical things but I think just some of the game feel stuff like uh, like some of the running especially the the stuff on the horse was uh, a little a little rough uh, for some people eh, uh, to begin with it, it still feels kind of rough but it doesn't really deter me from enjoying it at all right um, so I too uh, came to it later um, which which wasn't really intended i actually ended up uh trying to buy it somewhat soon after it came out and then 
whatever happened, I never got my copy from, uh, never got delivered. Um, so that kind of sucked. Uh, and then when I complained about it, finally, they're like, ah, we'll send you another copy. And, uh, and that copy came in. So I, so I have it, I have it now. I popped it in and, and I think just kind of the time that I popped it in and was, uh, started playing it, uh, the the kind of zeitgeisty stuff had kind of passed. I stopped hearing about people talking about it on podcasts, and um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other games that were coming out around the same time, but I'm I'm drawing a blank. Uh, well, Batman came out like about a month later. That would not have affected me at all. <laughs> uh, but uh, I did play through some of Batman. I haven't gotten to the end of that. Yeah, uh, that's really good. I I really enjoy that game. I, I've I've heard some good things. If you're not playing it on PC, um, yep. But uh, I, it's, that's Batman. I'm kind of putting into that Assassin's Creed bucket of like franchises I never really need to go back and play again, even if they make good games, good good future installments of these games. Okay. Remember what I said about Metroid Fusion? Like how much I enjoyed that. I could pick it up right again. I did that with Asylum. Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I love Asylum. Like, uh, I uh, borrowed a friend's copy and played it through in a matter of days uh, and then returned it to him. Uh, one, because it was such a good game that I wanted to get through it. And, and two, is like I just wanted to return the copy back to my friend. Um, and I, I loved Asylum, but when when City came out, I didn't really feel the need to, to jump into City. Uh, and then Origins, I heard somewhat mixed things on. And, and now, um, what's the new one? Uh, Arkham Knight. No, Knight. That's right. Uh, so I, 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 I don't doubt they are they are solid games, but um, I think I'm getting to a point where uh, open world games just don't quite do it for me. Which is mm. it's odd saying, knowing that I'm so excited for Fallout Four, but uh, that what is what about open universe games, or open <laughs> galaxy games like No Man's Sky coming later next uh, year? You know what? I'm also yeah. I'm also excited for that. I think it's I think <laughs> it's a matter of these these third person, um, especially these third person melee focused ones like like mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed and and uh, and Batman are concerned. And where, Witcher. Yeah, I just I I don't know. I there's. I've lost my my interest for for running around an, an environment like that. Uh, I, I feel like I, I need know. a little I'm, bit I'm more. Really, really enjoying The Witcher, though. And see, that's that's the thing. Uh, I've I, I have not. <laughs> uh, uh, and and part of it, I think, was because because I wasn't getting the excitement out of the the podcast that I was in the weeks leading up to hoping that I was getting my copy and then never getting it uh, before I got the replaced copy um but i I just went in and it's it's such a daunting intimidating world and i i'd never played a witcher game before so i'm trying to learn witcher mechanics on top of just the the sheer vastness of this place and there were a lot of inventory things that i didn't really like and and the crafting stuff and it just man it was overwhelming you can get kind of dense where and I think that's a problem I had uh, with the with Fallout Three as well. Like when it when it first came out, I had trouble with that game. It wasn't it wasn't shooter enough for me to to feel comfortable in that space. And the the RPG stuff, man, I 
when I first started that game, I think I put a ton of points into uh, the heavy weapons or the big guns skill, uh, mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, yeah, I want to use, of course I want to use big guns. Why would I say I want to use pistol? Why would I put points into using small arms when plasma weapons are right there? Like, don't I want to use plasma weapons? And you get into the game, you're like, oh, well, you'd, you'd spec into small arms because you don't find plasma weapons for a very long time in that game or energy weapons of any sort for, for a while. Um, and, and so I struggled with Fallout 3. I remember I, I reviewed Fallout 3 for my college newspaper, and I, I didn't give it a great score. I think I gave it like a 3 out of 5. Uh, and, and it was just saying like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not, it's not a very good shooter, and, and the <laughs> RPG stuff wasn't, didn't make me feel great either. And uh, it, it wasn't until I, I gave that game a second chance and, and really started to uh, appreciate some of the, uh, some of the more nuanced uh, ideas in that game that that I really started to like it, and and I think that's one of the reasons I'm I'm very excited for Fallout Four is that I, I know it's going to be a daunting world. It's going to be this giant open place, but I also I also know what I'm doing in that game. I it's not it's not entirely mm-hmm. brand new and scary. Like I I know kind of how I'm going to want to spec out a little bit on my early uh, how I at least initially want to spec out a character. Uh, I know what to expect when it comes to the crafting in that game. Um, I, 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 I understand the mechanics of that game enough to, to know like, okay, this is, this is more of what I want rather than this, this scary new thing. Whereas the Witcher three was scary new thing all over the place. Every, every single thing was a scary new thing. And then I was playing it on normal but knowing that anything higher than normal, like you need to start using the, the potions and the oils on your sword and things like that. And like, that's another layer of stuff that I don't know in a game that already has too many layers of stuff. I don't know. I, I, I still find it really accessible. Like uh, coming from something like Baldur's Gate or uh, even Dragon Age Origins, it seems like, you know, there's, like this layer underneath the main game that makes it a little more intriguing for me. Like all that potions and oil stuff, I'm really enjoying. Like uh, you get into a fight early on where you have to stop a griffin mm-hmm. from uh, ravaging this entire uh, area. And you'll run into fights later, like side quests, where you take on a cockatrice or something like that. And you can go about it the same way. Like, well, if I get this oil, which all I have to do is either find these herbs, which kind of like opens up these side quests where it's not like dictating to you like you got to go and do this it's like once you learn that that's what you have to do you can take about it as how you please uh that's really kind of what i'm enjoying a lot about the witcher and i'm enjoying the story itself too like i just got to the bloody baron and that whole quest is very very intriguing i've heard a lot of things about that yeah yeah it's it's really there's some cool stuff and it's like the side quests are really cool and just running into things and I don't know, I'm just really digging the setting and the whole uh, kind of gravitas of this, uh, the war that's going on. And it very is very, very gritty uh, for, some, uh, you know, I'm not uh, totally opposed to gritty things. It's just mm-hmm. I have something I'm not common sure. uh, that I've seen, like in a game like this. Uh, it's uh, real. I find really neat. And, yeah, the combat's okay. I, like, I'm getting used to that as well, too. It is kind of daunting but i just look at it as like 
want to like you know see what that question mark is on the map, or I'm going to go do this quest, or yeah, I'll stick to the story uh, for this part because I I feel confident enough to take on the level. So I I don't know. I'm just it, it just seems like a great little playground to go into. But with Fallout 4 right around the corner, I might be dropping that just to dig into, right. uh, to me, something like familiar since it's uh, practically my own fucking backyard again. So, right. Uh, that's probably what I'm most excited about. So, yeah, I, I don't know what it is with me, but uh, uh, but games like, um, but game, I, I had no problem playing through Skyrim. And, and Skyrim is mm-hmm. is not that different from the witcher three when when you think about certain elements of it uh you know going around and finding finding things to uh fill up your inventory so you can then make new things to go take out into things and you have your uh, your missions that you that you go on but then you find side quests and then you get sidetracked and you're you're doing something that might not really be pertinent to the story anymore and uh, but it's fun that's the thing Yes, I found Skyrim fun. <laughs> um, I, but, I find The Witcher fun too. I know I'll find Fallout Four fun. Yeah, uh, probably for this reasons. For sure. Um, and and I don't know. Uh, again, played- I, what? Uh, no, keep going. Keep going. Well, I I mean uh, I had the same issue with Dragon Quest Inquisition, um, mm. which uh, you know it's, it's another game where it's like, man, this is. And even that one, I had a little bit of you know, extra boost in that I played through Dragon Age 2. I actually never played through Origins, um, and I know 2 is is not regarded as that great of a game, but I actually really like 2. Um, and and going into Inquisition, you know, I at least had uh, some background knowing that I played through 2, but I, I couldn't get into Inquisition either, and I think there's just something about uh, an open-world game like that that, uh, you know, it's not... It's just not doing it for me anymore, and I really, I don't know why, and it kind of sucks because because I still really? feel like I want to play some of these games, and and then I get them and I play them for a couple hours, and I and I just they just don't grab me. Um, is is, it, is Zelda Wii U going to do it for you? Or? No, it, I can I can oh, tell you right now that's not going to do it for me. Like I, oh man, I can't remember the last time I played a console Zelda game. I not think, even. Uh, Link to the Past. Well, no, I well, I mean, yeah, I played Link to the Past. I'm I'm talking. I think the last one I played on an actual console, uh, not a handheld, was uh, uh, the GameCube one. Um, Wing Waker. Yeah, or man, no, Wind Waker. I can't I can't believe oh, I yeah. lost that one. Oh, I did play. Uh, I played some Twilight Princess on the Wii. Um, I, I didn't get through very far because I didn't really like the Wii controls, but. Um, yeah, I, I didn't play any of Skyward Sword, and I I mm. don't really feel the need to play through um, the Wii U one. I, maybe maybe really? maybe they will do something that grabs me, but I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've I've had issues with Zelda in the past. Um, <laughs> there, if you've heard uh, if you've heard podcasts I've done before, Zelda and I have a very uh, very similar to Metroid style relationship of just there are things in those games the that, past. that just yeah they don't they don't grab me I I try I want to I I've only finished like two of them and uh, I feel like we're on polar opposites because I really love almost every Metroid and Zelda game <laughs> I played and that's the vast majority of them yeah I, I'm I, to this day I've still only beaten two Zelda games and it is uh, or, or Oracle of Seasons. 
which is made by Capcom, not even made by Nintendo, but okay. Uh, um, yeah. You got the template there. Yeah, I mean, it, it very much is like, hey, let's make Link's Awakening again, but in a different style. Actually, let's make two Link's Awakenings um, and call one of them Ages and one of them Seasons. Uh, yeah, so and if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure there was Nintendo personnel Oh, for sure, yeah. There was games. somebody directing directing that or, or managing over that. But um, So Oracle of Seasons and uh, the the last, well, not Triforce Heroes, but the, the last handheld one, uh, Link Between Worlds. Um, and I loved A Link Between Worlds. In fact, it made me oh, want yeah. to go back and play A Link to the Past, and then I didn't because... Uh, you should totally play Link to the Past. Are you are you telling me that I should play a game? Because you know how that well that goes, Matt. <laughs> it's the greatest Zelda. That's what I'm okay. Here's the thing: I have played a Link to the Past a lot. I just have not played it to completion ever. So, <sighs> so good. I it's I understand so that it's good, and there are aspects of it that I truly, truly love. Um, but I, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Can't do it. I could get into something else I've been playing that's very uh, nostalgic, I guess. Uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. Yeah, I have that in a box that is unopened, and I need to open it and play it. <laughs> yeah, now, let me ask you, did you enjoy Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island? You know what? I did, Matt. I love that game. This is, this is a little bit more mellow, but a lot more mellow. Mm-hmm. But it is very much like Yoshi's Island too. Uh, Yoshi's Island, right? It so it's like a too. it's like a halfway point between Yoshi's Island and like a Kirby's Epic Yarn. Whereas Epic Yarn yeah. was, I mean, yes, the the Epic art style Yarn was really really easy. Yeah, and... Epic Yarn was a breeze, and I I assume that Woolly World is more difficult than that because if if yeah, you just, had just anything, then it could be more difficult than Epic Yarn, but. But it's definitely more, it's harder than Epic Yarn, but there's just, like, flashes of it that remind me, like, well, this makes this level very unique, or, you know, this, like, the transformation abilities that, like, they had in the original Yoshi's Island and uh, in Kirby's Epic Yarn definitely, like, add a lot to it. And then there is that also 100%ing a level that is pretty much exactly like Yoshi's Island, the original. Good, good. Uh, that excites yeah, me. and the aesthetics are just great, too. Oh, I I know that I I should have played that game as soon as it came in, but uh, I was mired in Destiny, and I need to I need to. <laughs> I, I recommend. Yeah. I, oh, it'll get played. I'm I'm very excited to play it at some point, but knowing that Fallout comes out in a, in a few days, that uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. But words, obviously, uh, it'll it'll get played. Uh, I know it will. Uh, and I I got the pack that comes with the the Yarn Yoshi. And that is, goddamn! Oh those... yeah, is so. That's I got a, I got all three of them actually. Really? Wow. Okay. I only needed. My default section is, uh, yeah, I'm getting there, kind of. Yeah, I I bet you're nowhere I'm close to me. To, uh, I don't know. I got. I'm looking at like because they recently did some re-releases on some of them, like Captain uh, Falcon and Fox. I was able to snag a couple of. Yeah. Them, and, uh, uh, Greninja. And, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do any of the Animal Crossing ones, but those <laughs> ones do look sweet as well, too. It's... Yeah, I I really want a KK Slider. I don't know if I need any of the other ones, but I really want a KK Slider. Uh, yeah, so you... and that only comes in the three-pack, so... So, yeah, tell me tell me of your shame. How many, how many Amiibo do you own right now? 
Okay, so to be fair, some of them I got for free. Okay. I won a contest. Uh-huh. So I got all I got all the Super Mario Party ones uh, for free. Okay. So that's like six right there. Uh, some of them I found secondhand. So I've got two, three, four, five, six, a couple dozen. A couple dozen? Yeah, about 24. You have 24 of me, though. Maybe. Holy shit. Maybe you are worse than I am. (laughs) Yeah, it's a baker's dozen. Over. Jesus. All right. Well, I think you... The part is I've taken them out of the package of pretty much all of them. Oh, yeah. So have I. I I totally have done Like, I have Super Mario Maker, and I've just been using them on all that shit, obviously. Yep, yep. Same here. Uh, Yeah, I've got... I have too many. I, I can tell you that. I have too many Amiibo, but I don't know if I have that many. Man. man. Yeah. I've just been finding them in random places and like, I'll snag that one. And mm-hmm. I'll grab this one, you know. I, I mean, yeah, I, made, yeah, I made sure to get all the Fire Emblem ones, and uh, I got the I retro retro 3-pack, and I got Mega Man and Pikachu, and I, okay, I got, I got a fucking... I got a lot. I got a lot, but they're... Yeah. <laughs> when I was in, uh, when I went to Paris, I actually picked up a Ganondorf one before it came out in the United States. Really? Kind of All right. Yeah, and they had, a, they had a handful of Marth ones, too, but I already had Marth, so sure, didn't really matter for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not dead set on collecting them all, obviously. It's yeah. Just, some are really, really neat, just as figurines themselves, like the... They're nice little figures. I mean, they, they're like, not... They're not like super handcrafted, awesome looking, but they they are solid, and I'm I'm so surprised on the uh, amount of just you know that Nintendo would put out a figure for Fire Emblem, and and I guess they have to have amiibo and their functionality stuff, and because of Smash Brothers, they're able to do that. But uh, for for Nintendo to put out merchandise that revolves around games like Fire Emblem or F Zero where they barely care about putting out games with those franchises, for them to put out actual merchandise is is kind of impressive. Uh, yeah. or, or that Ness, fucking Earthbound. Like for, hey, you're going to get a Lucas one soon, too. I, uh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm so excited to get, to get Lucas and Roy, and uh, I'm trying to think of any other ones that I'm super excited about in the future. Falco. You know what? I will get a Falco. Falco's yeah, pretty, I, pretty cool. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get one, too, just because uh-huh. I, I got one Star Fox, and Star Fox uh, for Wii U has been delayed, so, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, man, I wonder if they're going to do, like, it would make sense to, to put the rest of the team out, get a Peppy and a Slippy in there, right? You know, when that yeah, when that game comes out? Uh, I'd love a Rob 64. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a, a classic Andros. That'd be great. Oh, man. I don't know how they would do that because, well, maybe they could do it. I don't know. Man. Yeah, they should make they should make shit tons of Amiibo. Uh, I was in a store. um, I was in a actually in a Walmart yesterday and saw that they have uh, they do have other figures, not not Amiibo figures, but uh, just the, the world of Nintendo stuff or something like that. Like I saw a big bullet bill. And I saw Captain Olimar, and wow. so it was interesting. Just that they they're still putting they're putting out these other figures that are a little bit smaller than Amiibo, uh, but they uh, they're they're getting some 
some interesting ones in there as well, where it's like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really think that a Pikmin figure would sell. I, I'm surprised yeah. that they would even do that in the first place. Um, uh, just as a side note, I recently went to the Nintendo World Store in uh, Times Square. Yeah? Yeah, it, it's quite quite the store. Like, but, it's, you know, all knickknacks and, you know, video games, obviously, but they do have a giant display of all the available Amiibos, like, uh, under a glass case. Man. Uh, plus, uh, they had some abs- like, some incredible Splatoon concept art uh, and a display of, like, the production of the game. Which yeah? Have you played I'm still Splatoon? Playing. Oh, yeah, I'm still playing it. Like, okay. I'm getting through the single player right now, and I'm really enjoying that, too, but the multiplayer is still absolutely fantastic that that game i don't know i i i just i never ended up getting it because i i I just had this kind of internal dialogue with myself that if i wanted to play a shooter style game i have many shooter style games that i still should play before i before i jump into a game like splatoon but at the same time splatoon is cool I, I think that game is is neat looking, and I really like the way that uh, the community has embraced that game. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this: it, it still is my favorite game of the year, and Fallout Four has a ways to go to be my favorite game of the year. Wow! See, I said that same thing about uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Or... Uh, I haven't played Metal Gear Solid Five yet. I'm still <laughs> I'm stuck on three, and I feel compelled to play three and then two. Sure. Uh, and a bit of Peace Walker. You should play a lot of Peace Walker. Peace Walker I is... I should. That's, uh, so, I, that's I'm actually... just to pick up the PS3 so I can play through, like, grab the Legacy Collection and just start from the beginning. Yeah, that yeah, makes, that makes some game. sense. Um, it's, not, it's not official yet. I don't know when we're going to, uh, to actually uh, record the episode, but I think uh, your friend and mine, Zach Fleeman... Uh, has mm. been playing through uh, Peace Walker and finished it. I think he's actually moved on to Ground Zeroes ah. at this point. So uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a Peace Walker podcast here in the near future. Uh, being that, <laughs> well, that at some point I will play through that game and look forward to listening to that episode. It is Peace Walker is one of my favorite games ever. I remember your your talks on the World Eight podcast. Yeah, and how incredible uh, yeah. it is. <laughs> trying, to, trying to remember when that game came out, maybe like two thousand nine or something, and that was our game of the year. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. There were there were some other really great games that came out in whatever year it came out. I remember it was a tough decision, but uh, but we all kind of looked at each other like we all loved Peace Walker a lot, and, uh, and that game is great. And then for like the reason I'm so gaga over five is is that five is just. Five is very much, hey, nobody played Peace Walker and that sucks. Let's make Peace Walker again, but make it for a console people care about and watch them go bananas over it. Uh, yeah, is... I've been hearing so many good things about Five that I am, like, I really need to just bust out the PS2, although I have uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 on my uh, 3DS, but I really do want to get a new 3DS so I can get used to that C-Stick yeah. built into the game for that one. Uh, but I need to get through three and finish it and then play four or just jump into five. Cause, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I really do enjoy the Metal Gear Solid games. Like even two, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people poo poo that game. Sometimes I still really enjoy a lot of that game too. My only issues with Metal Gear come from controls. I, I, I don't yes. mind the batshit story and stuff like that. Like that, that all, all, all of that actually interests me. 
but when it comes to controls, like those games have been damn near impossible for me to play. Like I, I tried playing two uh, Substance on a on a uh, on an Xbox and it hated it. Hated just the way it controlled. I I loved the the story stuff, but I could barely get through the the tanker mission because I just I had no no sense of of how to play that game and no matter how much time i put to it i just i was wrestling with it the entire time um mm-hmm. i didn't i've played a little bit of three uh when it came out uh when they when they had the hd collection for uh for xbox 360 yeah. um, and three was very similar and like man this game there's a lot of stuff I like about this game, and just the way it controls is is keeping me from liking it. Plus, uh, it had a lot of uh, extra mechanical things that I I didn't really care about either of the the way that you get injured and the food system yeah, the and stamina and the stuff. Yeah, camouflage stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I like that stuff. Yeah. If you want a you want a hard game to control, play Snake Eater on the 3DS <laughs> on an original 3DS. I can imagine that's not not awesome. It is a pain in the ass, but I, it's still a really good game. Like, I've gotten to past the end and everything on the original PlayStation 2, and yeah, I, I really do want this uh, subsistence edit where you yeah. get, like, a behind-the-camera third person for mm-hmm. those scenes because over-the-top in a jungle just doesn't really suit it, but I feel it's playable. Yeah. Yeah, four, four I really need to get into, and I've heard so many good things about five. Uh, non story wise that and just like man like the ability to uh, research that you can get a tape deck and then be able to play tapes and then record someone taking a dump yep so when you hide in a in a stall while they're doing a sweep check of the building that you're in and you can play that to delude the guards to think that someone oh they're on the toilet that someone's supposed to be on the toilet that's just that sounds so cool to me. I don't know I, why it's so. It sounds so crazy. There's like just Metal, Metal Gear. The variety of of ways to tackle missions is incredible, uh, and and I know that the way I play that game is completely different from the way uh, another person would play that game. And I like I like getting super silent snipers and and picking people off from from way far away and then just going and faultoning them and collecting them back from my base. Uh, like that's the way I prefer to play. And I've seen other people in videos just like go up with a submachine gun and murder a bunch of guys. It's that it, it works just as well. Uh, and it's just it, the, the way people use all these different gadgets. Some gadgets basically do the same things. Like they have similar functions. Um, like whether you want to, the outcome is so hilarious, right? Like the like he's your horse can take a shit in the middle of the road, and the jeep will spin out of control. You're not wrong, and he can fall from the whole jeep out of it. You, what the fuck? you can. It's pretty great. Uh, it's so amazing. I really, really want to play that game, but it's, it's very. I good. can't do it justice without playing three first. I I can understand that, um, and I I was able to get through it because I've. Uh, I've watched all the cutscenes at the very least, and then uh, and then Giant Bomb's been really helpful. Uh, that um, their video guy well, Drew Scanlon has been has been playing through all the games, and for to watch somebody play it, I, I really like watching that kind of a playthrough. I know it's ridiculously long, but uh, speed runs don't do it because they cut out so much of the the vital information that you that you want to get from a story wise or a gameplay wise. 
Um, mm-hmm. But to be able to watch somebody who you don't, who you already have somewhat of a rapport with because you watch other videos with these people in them, uh, to watch somebody like that and to see them, um, to play it like a normal person, to go in without knowing how this fight goes or, or how you should be acting and to watch them figure it out and, and almost play it alongside with them um, has been really helpful, uh, even though I had seen all the cutscenes before, to go watch somebody else play it and and see those cutscenes again really helped me out as I was playing five to go oh yeah okay that's why that makes sense and that's what's going on here because that that is a as much as I don't mind the batshit crazy story there's so many things that you forget and so many fractured alliances and double triple crosses that uh, it's it's hard to keep track of so to yeah. to get a little refresher as I'm playing through five was was really handy. But yeah, I, I will say about Peace Walker, uh, it is the first Metal Gear game that I felt controlled decently, uh, even on the PSP, which was kind of rough because it only had the one analog nub thing. Um, but I actually felt like it controlled better than any other Metal Gear game. And then, uh, and then five is just five just feels like a like a game. <laughs> I think you you don't have to you don't have to say like ah you know the controls are kind of metal geary and and difficult and once you figure it out like you just you just know it at the beginning and it even has options for some you can make it pretty much like call of duty as well which which just helps to you know for the, all the muscle memory stuff mm-hmm. uh, it's fantastic as uh, as Kiefer? he's fine i i don't know he's he's minimal um no hater yeah I like you know. There's no hater. I like hater. Um, you know, I, I can't say that I didn't miss him. Like I think uh, I think MGS Five probably would be a, an overall better product if you had hater in it. Uh, but but Kiefer does a fine job, uh, and they uh, have mostly written it so he does not uh, need to speak as much because they probably couldn't afford to have Kiefer do that many lines. Uh, but it, it's fine. And, and honestly, um, you know, speaking of, of gritty, uh, like we were before, it's, it's more, it's a, it's a grittier game than any other Metal Gear before it. So it, Kiefer's less cartoony, more gruff voice, you know, actually compliments it okay, where I could see his hater, you know, with hater, there's so many in-jokes and things that Snake does with, the codec conversations and things like that that um infinite ammo yeah infinite ammo or like the way in three where he you this just showed up on tumblr to remind me about it a couple days ago but uh the the conversation was sigint about uh when you are using your naked camouflage and he calls you (laughs) and goes like hey you're why do you have your shirt off that's not helping you at all and Snake's like, it feels good. He's like, oh, well, that's weird. Yeah, Metal Gear okay. always has those, like, wink and a nod kind of moments, especially in uh, Twin Snakes. Yeah. <laughs> I love the part where you run into Psycho Mantis and, you know, put your controller on the ground. Uh-huh. And the camera does this amazing, like, zoom pan over to Snake, and he looks at dead on into the camera and just nods, say, like, do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> It, it you know it, it's so good. Yeah. I, I love those like wink and a nod se- sequences in a Metal Gear game. And five doesn't have as many of those moments. Um, I, it, it seems like it has some of those. Like I, there's uh, still a little bit, but it's I've seen like parts where you see uh, 
you know, Snake, like, looking out, like, putting a cigar in his mouth and then quiet, like, shooting the cigar so he lights it. Like, that, that's kind of a, a very Metal Gear kind of thing. Yes. Um, but uh, I, I would think there's, there's, fewer, there's fewer silly moments, uh, at least no, when no it comes... Johnny. No, no Johnny. No like, n- none, none of that stuff. There's, there's still a lot of poop stuff, but it doesn't happen in story stuff or cutscene stuff. All of that stuff is very played very straight. Or, or like you said, like with quiet shooting the cigar or something like that, or shooting stuff to light it on fire. Like that is not so much silly as it is just badass or intense kind of stuff. Uh, the the silliness comes from the open world, and there are yeah. there are tons and tons of things that are silly, but they happen in the open world. Like you were talking about with the with the having the the recording of someone taking a poop. And you're in, and you play that when you're in the uh, the porta potty. Like those, those are funny things, but those all happen out in the open world, or or like the the horse taking a shit and and having the jeep spin out. So that's something that happens through normal like, gameplay. Like, how do you think of that? I'm just so baffled, uh, yeah, yeah. but amazed. But you're never going to hear Miller call you on the on the uh, codec or and say like, "Hey, Snake, here's here's an idea. Why don't you have the horse shit on the ground?" It just it's something that happens kind of naturally through the gameplay. Uh, good idea, Master. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but that game's real good, real real good. Um, uh, in fact, Konami has only made it worse as the game has continued on uh, with, yeah, with some of their online shit. But that game, that game at one time was the best game that came out this year. It might still be. Uh, I have not gone back to play it now with uh, now that Metal Gear Online's been been connected and they've done even more multiplayer or online fuckery stuff that has made the game worse. Uh, but you know that game, that game is awesome, uh, or at least was. Uh, <laughs> so to me, uh, to me, Splatoon is still my favorite game of the year. Cool. Uh, the soundtrack is it will certainly be still my favorite soundtrack of the year too. Uh, absolutely creative. Uh, if you lift, listen to like Poly Six or Anamanaguchi, those that, uh, that is a good baseline to go off because it is absolutely one of the most creative games I've played. Or the soundtrack is absolutely something else. Nice. Well, yeah, I I really like all the character art stuff. And uh, I love the way, uh, like we said, the, the community is rallied around that. The player is really good too. I have to admit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I I can see myself getting that game eventually, um, but I know that like the time that I think I might be able to get to it, I don't see many people sticking with it that long. It still has a strong community. Like I'm surprised. Well, that's it's good to hear. Lasted quite long. Although you know, there's. Not many games like it on the Wii U, so obviously, sure, it probably grab a community. Um, well, I'm trying to think of other things that I've played or will be playing very soon. Uh, I mean, follow. I played up. a little bit of uh, Chibi Robo. Really? Yeah. What did you think of that? Yeah, uh, I played only very, very little bit of it. It's okay. Uh, I can't really say much about it. It, it like seems it's, it's, it seems like a pretty standard platformer. It's no box boy. How about that? <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, you know, speaking Fox of has been one of the really good games of this year too. Speaking of all this kind of game of the year stuff, um, uh, and and I'm just going to put you on the spot right now. Um, 
you know, you've you've come on for a few uh, Game of the Year podcasts for Gamers on the Go. Do you think uh, you'd be up for doing another one? Of course. All right. Good. 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 Uh, I'm gonna try. Any handheld games to mention, but like, <laughs> I I will, and I'm still playing through it. Uh, Codename Steam. I will champion as uh, one of the unsung heroes of the year. It's gonna be a tough fight for you, but, uh, but I know. I, I look but, forward yeah. to you to you making that argument. Uh, well, I'm gonna try to get uh, you, Matt, and then uh, also uh, Zach Fleeman, uh, who we've had on yeah. uh, for the past couple, I think. Uh, and I would l- love to get you guys back here to uh, to discuss handheld games again uh, and the best ones of the year. Um, so whether that's in December or whether that's in January, we're going to try to get that show to you. Um, but that should be fun. I-, I think it actually has been, when I look down the list of games that I've played this year for handheld, it's been a down year. There have been there have been some bright spots, but it's uh, overall it's it's. Have been you played uh, Majora's Mask? Uh, no. <laughs> to me, that that is a triumph this year to get Majora's Mask on a handheld. It, that is, it is. You're you're not wrong to for that game to come <laughs> out is a huge accomplishment uh, by Nintendo listening to their fans, the fans for continuing to push Nintendo to do it. Like, everyone involved, great job. Uh, I bought it uh, to to show my support for that, but. Uh, Checkered, pa- fair, Checkered not, Pass was Zelda games. I haven't beaten it originally, but I've gotten further than I have before. Oh, that's good. That's good. I, I never owned the Nintendo 64 version, uh, probably because I never finished Ocarina of Time and never felt like I needed to. Uh, yeah. Now I own them both for Checking 3DS. Good. Yep. Yep. I deserve it, but it's, it's just true. And uh, I bought them both for my 3DS, and I have not finished either one of them. So, Have you heard there's uh, been re-releases of Ocarina of Time in the wild? Really? Physical copies. Yeah. Really? Man, mm-hmm. that's fascinating. I yeah. If you find it, just just realize if you see it for 40 bucks, that is a good deal. You should you should jump on that deal right away. Okay. You, I I own it already though. I own it physically. I, 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 I'm saying I'm saying for the the audience. Oh, for the audience. Like, All right. Okay. And for like, you know, holiday gift ideas. That's fair. You have a friend that you know, a friend or family member that's like, or yourself, they're like, I liked, I like Zelda games, mm-hmm. and I've never played Ocarina of Time, one of the greatest games ever made. Yep. Maybe I should pick up this one for the 3DS, because I own a 3DS. Pe- people definitely so say I that about say, that game. Go, go for a Link Between Worlds first. Yeah! Like, the that is a, that's a better game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I really do want to try Triforce Heroes. I have not played that yet. Yeah. I, I've heard some mixed things, uh, but it seems like it's fine. I never played Four Swords, um, which I know I know is somewhat similar to this, just in the way of, hey, it'd be better if you played it with uh, the max amount of people. Um, yeah, but you have online play, and it's only three people, so yeah, it's you're right. It, it it's could more puzzle-based. Yeah, it could, be, it could be a little easier and more fun that way. Uh, I don't know I, if I'm going to end up picking it up. Are you excited about uh, the new Mario and Luigi slash uh, cross Paper Mario game? Yeah. Oh, come yeah. On. I feel you would be mostly excited about that. I love uh, I love Paper Mario. I it is one of my favorite. Uh, the original Paper Mario is one of my favorite games ever. Uh, I went back and replayed it this year and remembered how much I loved it. Uh, also remembered that it it might not might not be quite as good as i thought it was in the past but it is still a very solid game i actually really enjoyed replaying it but um 
Sticker Star was was just okay. It wasn't it wasn't a triumph or anything like I, that. Uh, I like. I own it, that, but I have not played it yet. It's it's just fine. It's solid. Oh. Um, I, I think the the sticker the stickers being used is almost like a like more like a card battling thing. It's just that they're stickers instead. Um, it, it's novel. It's all right. Um, it, but the game the game's just okay. And then the last Mario and Luigi game I played was uh, Dream Team, which it's not great. It, it lasted way too long. I think we talked about this uh, um, on one of the Game of the Year, I, probably last year's Game of the Year. Uh, that would make the most sense. Yeah, um, it came out last year. And just yeah. it was, it was, it had elements that were really great, and the story stuff kind of sucked, and the dream gimmick mechanics were not fun. And the final boss stuff was awful. Um, so to have to have the two games coming together into a new game, whereas both of the last installments of each of those franchises were not great, it, it doesn't leave me a lot of excitement. I, I want it to be good. I, I hope the the Mario and Luigi Paper Jam is going to be awesome. Like that would be that would be yeah, great. I- I know I'll I'm get it. I'm kind of looking forward to that, but I have Bowser's Inside Story to play. And as do I, which makes me feel like if I am going to play another one of those games, I might as well just go back and play what people regard as the best one. So that that's a thought. I also have never finished uh, Thousand Year Door, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door for the GameCube. So yeah, that's, same here. It's like that's another thing. Like if I want to play a game that's like Paper Mario shouldn't I play the sequel to Paper Mario? Like, wouldn't that make more sense than going and playing this new thing? Whereas, we're because they've they've gotten worse as as the franchise has gone on. Let's go play an earlier well, one. That was the Thousand Years Door is really, really good. Yeah. I, I played a couple hours of it, but uh, didn't get very far. Um, so. I also got... Uh, so I told you about all the Castlevania games that, that are on their way to my apartment. Um, and I don't know how many of those will get played, but um, I'm excited to at least start playing one of them, and if I like it, move on to another one and move on to another. Um, I also bought Kirby's Mass Attack, uh, a DS oh, game I that, that game too. I've, I've never played. Um, I, I like Kirby games. I know I didn't buy this one originally because it wasn't a Kirby game uh, in, in the sense that you don't suck up enemies and copy their abilities. No, uh, I don't, it's oh. a little closer to something like Pikmin, uh, where you have lots of Kirby's on the screen that you kind of control with the stylus. Um, I, I've only played through one level so far, so I can't I can't say anything of importance. But um, I, I want to play more of that game. I'm I'm not. I'll, I'll play some more too because I have it as well. All right, I, I'm I'll not sold. I'm that. not sold on it, but uh, I I want to try it some more. Um, you know what didn't sell me on it? What's that? When you complete a level, none of, it's there's no multiple curvy dances. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's such a missed opportunity. Yeah, it was kind of actually kind of disappointing uh, the way it just unceremoniously ends. Um, and then yeah. uh, the last the last game I'll mention um, is uh, I've been playing. Uh, well, okay, I, I, this won't be the last game I mention, actually. Um, I have one more to mention, too, that you'll enjoy. All right. Um, I've been playing Binding of Isaac uh, on my Vita, ah. uh, which was, I believe it was my second best game of last year. Uh, I put threes right above it. Um, and Binding of Isaac is still, 
such a great game. I, I still have all the same problems I did with it before, whereas the art style is is all this gross out humor stuff. The themes are kind of sick, but yeah, uh, that's that's kind of part for the course for the artist and developer, right? Exactly. Um, but mechanically, that game is so solid. It is incredible, uh, and I love the way uh, that you just get completely different combinations of powers every time you play and the way you can just turn your character into a complete badass or completely screw yourself depending on which power ups you pick up or power downs as the case may be. Um, but that game is, the game is fantastic. And I went back and played it because I knew that, um, uh, so, so the first mind of Isaac came out for PC. Uh, then when it got ported to, uh, Vita and PS4 and, and other, uh, platforms, uh, that came with an update called Rebirth, and I know that there is another update called Afterbirth that came out, uh, I believe, on Halloween weekend, uh, but it was only for PC. The uh, the Vita and PS4 and other platform versions of Afterbirth will come out uh, later this year, we've been told, so I'm not I'm not yeah. even thinking I'll see it until uh, December. But and if uh, I'm not mistaken, it's came out on the new 3DS, right? Yeah, you're right. Uh, Afterbirth is coming out on the new 3DS as well. And I have, I did buy a new 3DS. Uh, that's another thing. Oh, wow. Um, I'm waiting, I'm still waiting for the, although the slim version came out, I'm waiting for like just a standalone, like regular three uh, new 3DS. Yeah, I, I, I got the uh, I got the version with Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it came with a standard new 3DS, not the XL. Uh, and I like it. I like it a lot. I ended up getting that, one of those uh, those wood wood uh, um, wooden plates uh, that are a little rare. Yeah. I had to get the one from Japan and pay way too much money for it. But uh, my new 3ds looks awesome, uh, so I'm I'm pretty happy about that. So I might get Afterbirth on that. I still love the way that game plays on a Vita, though. So I'm I'm almost more excited to just wait for the update. Uh, but I also didn't want to wait, so I just played some more of Rebirth on the uh on the vita and that game is still just as good as i remembered it being so yeah i i'm dying to either you know pick up a new 3ds or get a vita now that i have a ps4 and dive into some of those indie games that have been coming out oh man you should get a vita and we can talk about so many vita games on this podcast (laughs) yeah there's there's i'm surprised like there are quite a few uh interesting games that do come out for it Mm -hmm. It, it is it is the next best platform after a PC uh, to get all these small, uh, well-regarded games. Uh, uh, it, uh, I still think 3DS has is still on the same level. 3DS has a lot of cool stuff, but it is when it have comes. Have you played? Have you played uh, Gun Vault Azure Striker? I have not. I know you're a big fan. See, there you go. I know you're a big fan, but. Uh, I, hey, great game. I, I'm sure it is. I absolutely am sure it is. I, I do not doubt you on that. But just the, the library of Sequel small, coming next year. fantastic Vita games is is just overwhelmingly incredible. And I know most of that stuff is also available on PS4, uh, but man, does it feel great to take those games with you wherever you go. Well, here's a here's an awesome regular DS game that I've been playing. Advance Wars Dual Strike. Yes! I found a copy. My man. Man, is that game amazing. It is the best Advance Wars game. And maybe the really, best really DS game. Really, well done. 
like I've been playing the GBA game, and the GBA game is also fantastic. Mm-hmm. But like this, uh, both of them I, are. Like Black Hole Rising is oh, yeah. is a fantastic game as well. But Dual Strike, I, I, I'm still finding that one. But uh, yeah, Dual Strike, it is really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it pretty much feels just like another iteration of the original Advance Wars, but. I don't know. Just something else makes it a little different. I haven't gotten too far into it. Maybe like eight missions mm-hmm. in the single player, but I'm I'm still playing it. It's been like as I was playing Fusion, been like since I have the DS, you can put the DS card and it's like ah, I'll play a little, I'll play a little Advance Wars while I you know cool off from some Metroid. That's a pretty nice combo. And it's great. I love it. So uh, I I know I've done an Advance Wars episode, and it was mostly with the first one, and that was with Jeff Grubb. Uh, it was another really early one. Um, I remember that one. I had to skip over some of the spoiler parts. But... Yeah, we did get a little spoiler, and we mostly just talked about Fire Emblem because that had just come out. <laughs> <laughs> but that was our excuse. I had to skip those parts. Oh yeah, and speaking of uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, I'm almost beating the game. Yeah, that a boy getting there. I'm like a uh, hundred and. 20 hours into it well, i'm good. still doing like some side stuff well as soon as you finish it uh the new one should be coming out <laughs> uh, yeah and we're getting uh two different copies uh, uh, i can't wait the white and the black oh my god i can't yeah. wait i i'm it's... hoping they're gonna do the whole like you know special edition package you get the that third uh third mission dlc stuff yeah i hope so I too blog package uh, i i just need that i need that to be i need that to be here <laughs> Uh, I, can, I, I think it'll be a great 3DS swan song. Like, it, I it am, seems like it got such great good press in Japan that it seems like it's going to be a really good one. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm uh, calling it. it I'm calling it right now. That is going to be my game of 2016. I just know it. Uh, hype train already leaving. I just know it. It's I can I can make that prediction and feel totally confident about it. Um, oh man, Quantum Break comes out the same year. I feel safe. <laughs> I feel safe in my in my thought. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Advance Wars. That's it's really great that uh, you're playing through that game. I, Dual Strike is definitely my favorite one. Uh, I would, if anybody wants to play an Advance Wars game, uh, I think you really should start from the start because uh, Dual Strike does add on layers of mechanics that um, that are kind of difficult yeah, unless you've already played uh, Advance Wars games. Yeah, and I, I'm skipping the second one just because I can't find a cartridge of it. So yeah, and also the second one's hard. Second one is mm. real difficult, um, and and they don't add a ton of things into it. I think they only add a couple of new units, which are both in which which all of those new units, however many there are, it's like two or three more. Uh, those yeah. are all in dual strike, so you're 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 solid. Um, like the Neo tank is like one of the only ones that I can think of right now. Um, so you're yeah, you're good. Um, Dual Strike, God, such a great game. And then I didn't even mind Days of Ruin. It, it's it's different and it's not as good, but it's uh, but it's also pretty solid. I'm gonna I'm gonna seek that one out. I've seen it around. Uh, just uh, money's an issue. But yeah, it, it, you can get a you can get a card for pretty cheap. Uh, and then I guess we'll leave with uh, this last other game that I've been playing, just because I just finished it. Uh, over the over this last week, and that's Halo Five, uh, ah. which I don't like. <laughs> and that's, like the single player or the multiplayer? Uh, just the single player. I haven't played any multiplayer, um, but man, I, I I'm a huge Halo fan, Matt. I love Halo. Yeah. I 
I've read I've read some of the books. I've I have not. I've watched the entire Halo Nightfall series. I we still haven't done that. I uh, uh, there was a graphic Before novel thing that came out that was cool. There was a uh, there was a video series where they had a bunch of different directors do like little clips. Uh, that were live action things that were all really solid. I love Halo. I love the universe. Uh, Halo 1. I, I enjoy Halo the games themselves. Yeah. Halo 1, amazing. Halo 2, yes. even better. Halo 3, uh, still solid. Very uh, good. I like Halo 3. Uh, especially oh, when. ODST and Reach. How about that? No, those ones are great games. Uh, Reach is the best one. Uh, ODST yes, is yes. very, very good. Like, I, yes, all these games are fantastic. Uh, and when I've, I've been uh, having more conversations uh, with my friend Pierce, and uh, we've just been talking about multiplayer stuff and how much Halo Two and Halo Three multiplayer, like, just were so were such formative games for me, uh, and that playing those games with friends and online and that's that's when I cared about online multiplayer. I don't care about online multiplayer anymore. Uh, for for any new games, but uh, but at that point, that was something that really mattered to my to me and in my life. Um, so those games, all awesome. Halo Four was fine. Uh, I I still have to beat the single player, but I like it. It's just when you get into parts where the story becomes, oh, you have to read the books. Yeah, I'm just like, no, 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 no. If you're doing a whole game series, you should keep everything that the the player or the reader needs to know should just be in that instance. Yep. You don't need supplemental to understand who the hell this bad guy is. Yeah, the didact and the all that story. shit. Uh, so I even liked, I mean, as, as a person who's read some of the books, I've never read the books that you need to read to make Halo 4 better. <laughs> um, I, I only read the, the first series of books. Uh, like, Halo 4... I don't know. I, I, I think 343 is a very solid developer, um, but they're not Bungie. And, and the soundtrack's amazing. It, it is. Like, soundtrack's great. The, the I love that it takes this, like, kind of almost, uh, it reminds me of uh, M83 and Air, if they were together, mm-hmm. some sort of project. Yeah, I can totally uh, hear that, that in still, it. still kind of rock kind of soundtrack as well too in places but uh, the the weapon really designs the weapon designs are beautiful like uh, the whole design yeah, of the game like it looks gorgeous like that i love the the trony look of the prometheans um mm-hmm. I, I i don't like but when it comes to uh the a little bit of the ai uh but mostly just mechanically and the way that game feels it just it just feels a little bit wrong and halo 5 continues that and exacerbates it a little bit. Halo 5 doesn't feel good to me. Uh, I feel the, the, the aiming feels a little heavy and a little bit like, too much inertia. Uh, the, yeah. the jumping feels a little floaty, but not in the Halo floaty that, you used, that you're used to. It just, it, it just doesn't feel right. And I mm. don't... It, it stuck with me the whole campaign. And it just was a little off. Uh, there were things that I loved about it. Like, I, I think there are some really cool moments in there. There is one moment in particular that uh, will stand by the other Halo games of, of like, man, this is a really cool thing that you got to do and got to play. 
like um, like fighting the the two um, scarab tanks in Halo Three, or uh, or meeting the flood in one. Yeah, meeting the flood in one, or even like doing the uh, like the one time that We're I actually playing as the flood in three. Yeah, there you go. Like having them snap. Yeah, but um, or even like the the one time that I didn't mind uh, a arbitrary time limit was in Halo One where you get to drive the Warthog and you're you're just driving it and looking real badass and making cool jumps the whole time as you're trying to get to your ship. Like all that stuff, awesome. Like those are really cool moments. And there is one one single moment in Halo Five that I got the sense of. Man, this is this is cool, and I get to be doing it. Uh, there are a couple other times where cool things happen, but it's in a cutscene, and that's that's never been Halo's bag. Like Halo's always been like, let's let you do the cool stuff, or at least the Bungie Halos were. Uh, and this one is, let's show you the cool stuff, and then have you play through regular stuff. Um, but there was one one cool moment. Uh, I haven't played any multiplayer because any multiplayer desire that I have just goes into Destiny, which is which feels more like a Halo game than Halo Five does because Bungie knows how to make their shooters feel like good shooters. Um, but yeah, it, it, when I can when I play Halo Five, it makes me want to play more Destiny because Destiny feels like a better yeah. Halo game than Halo Five, and that's that's probably the most profound and and singular thing I can say about that experience to, to tell you what Halo 5 is all about. Yeah. Well, I'm still looking forward to playing that. I still have to be Halo 4, though. Yeah, I, I would tell people not to play Halo 5, but I would tell them, like, you need to be ready for it to not be... it to not what be one ex- of these great tentpole Halo games like the previous ones have been. Yeah. It's a, little, it's a little disappointing. We're gonna we have to end this podcast on a sad point like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's sad. Fallout Four comes out in a couple of days. That's true. Let's bring this back up. So we're oh, gonna God, yeah. Go play Fallout Four. Yes, I'm sure it'll be great. So Fallout Four, awesome. That's gonna be gonna be fantastic. I hope. Uh, I'm really excited to play it. Uh, and then we're gonna try to get you back on for a Game of the Year podcast, potential Peace Walker yeah. podcast in the works. Like, there's some cool stuff happening. Uh, still and have to play gold. Still have to play. Oh well, yeah, yes, yes. That's a, that's the next game. That's the next game. Man, oh, more Golden Sun. God damn, it. I love yeah. Golden Sun. Like, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I I love that game, yeah, but man, it is so daunting to go back into those games. Oh boy, I'm excited. This this podcast made me excited, Matt. There we go. <laughs> that's Not All right, Super Metroid. I don't know about that. Uh, Anyway, uh, Matt, I want to thank you for coming on. I know uh, taking two and a half hours out of your day to uh, to come and talk to me. Uh, Yeah, this has been a long one, and uh, I really appreciate the listeners who have also uh, stuck with us. Probably have not stuck with us. Like now, we're just like having fun and talking about games. We are. We're totally just rambling. Uh, But that's that's the gamers on the go way. but yeah, thanks, Matt, for coming on. We'll have you again on uh, real soon in the next couple of months here for uh, for Game of the Year stuff. And, uh, and yeah, we'll talk then. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>